you primitive screwheads listen up i got news for you pal you ain't leading but two things right now jack and shit jack left town well hello mr fancy pants in my office and I heard a rock. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? I'm in my prime. 
you want to kill me. Now you want to kiss me. Blow. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. DJ Nervous, new episode of the Hordes of Chaos on the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. That was Sanctuary with their rendition of Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit. Yeah, we talked about that last week because you had Jefferson Airplane as your pick of the week. I know. So, you said you wanted to hear it. There you go, you heard it. Yay! So, a special episode today. It's going to be a lengthy one, but worth it if you all hang in there. So, we got... Later on, an interview with Blake Harrison and Travis Stone from Pig Destroyer. I uh, was actually hoping to do an interview with them, well, at least with Blake, like about three or four months ago. But uh, at the time, thought it would be better to wait for Neko to get back in town, which, of course, she is. And we were able to set it up. So, nice little late interview we got with them. A lot of fun. It was nice having those guys here. Appreciate them taking the time out for us. So be stay tuned for that as I'll be playing some Pig Destroy music as well at that point. Uh, a lot of new music coming your way. I have a couple bands uh, in this first batch of uh, songs you're going to hear because we're going to kind of blow through the first six songs. But uh, tracks by Lucifage and Assassin are already albums of the year for me for growing in my list there. So also have some brand new McGale coming your way. These guys from Maryland fucking awesome dudes we love them they got some new music actually kind of a newer direction yet again for them so uh i enjoyed the uh single track they sent I actually had the intro track with it so cool shit new stuff from schizophrenia holy side featuring a singer from a volst uh, oh really yeah, dave rotten i like their last record they had so this is more death thrash so that record is fucking amazing too uh Solosis, new stuff from them we Howling love. in the Fog, Anvil, come back with a new record, Reaper, and then uh, a band at the end called Stone God, like, very close to being an album of the year, but I, I think there's some things that they've I've heard before, but the record's really good, so we're going to get to all that. We're going to kick off to some Lucifer, just a band I wasn't too familiar with, but this is called Conjuration of Destruction. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Zelba with the bandy thorn. You're listening to the Hordes of Chaos only on Metal Tavern Radio. Pump it.
is anime from Darken and you are listening to the Holes of Chaos only on Metal Tavern Radio. From the new album, Fist to Face, Holy Side, Empty Cyber Life. That was the last track we just heard. DJ Nubis and DJ Neko back with you on the Middle Time Radio Podcast. We are really on fire today. Man, all these songs are just kicking ass. Yeah, it was a good week. A lot of good stuff came out. Uh, the Lucifer's, even the schizophrenia. I mean, just everything was great. Loved it. Uh, a couple of news bits in the music scene to talk about. First one is Ozzy. I know we talked a little bit about how he has come to terms with his age plus, you know, his... His health is just not not going as well as it used. I mean, he's older, He's he now has Parkinson's, and he is a little bit on the decline, so it's not shocking that he is canceling his tour due to his health issues. Yeah, yeah. Just released his new record. Uh, you'll be hearing some of that next week. But, you know, he had all this big tour planned out and everything. But, you know, obviously when you have health issues, it can really play you. Because it's a grind for a lot of musicians. I mean, traveling like that day after day is... You need to be on your best. And then trying to put on a show and be energetic. It's, you know... It really sucks, and I'm glad that we got to see Ozzy many times. I am. Yeah, we got to see him when he was still pretty coherent and still had pretty good health. So. But it's just really sad, you know, what we were talking about. Every week we seem to come back to this. All the greats are, you know... Time is flying by for everybody. I mean, even though he is... What, 70? At least. I think he's 70. I mean, he's been he's been touring and, you know, he's had his ups and downs in his career, but he's always been, like, that, what everybody looks to as kind of like, I don't want to say the metal originator, but almost like that, you know, they he's kind of... Well, I mean, he was there with Sabbath, and they're always the one everyone points to at the beginning of metal, so... And, I mean, he's always been an influence, just even in his solo work, you know, he's been that icon that so many try to achieve, and, you know, it's it's sad that his career is looking like it's coming to an end, but, you know, I'd rather him kind of, like, walk off in the sunset being relaxed and, you know, trying to take care of himself rather than, you know, pass out and die on stage. Yeah, that, that would... would be, I mean, he's had some, some, you know, remember the four-wheeler accident that... And he, what happened while he was on tour a few years ago? He got, you know, I guess from exhaustion, he was in the hospital. Uh, I mean, look what happened with Lemmy. Lemmy was getting ready to do a concert, but then he told the audience that he just, his health wasn't right, and I think he died a few days later. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, 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 you never want to get to that point where you're just, like, doing it to the point where, you know, it's like the wrestler, you know, you go out there and you just... Try basically to, die on stage right you know it's just like you know it's admirable that they want to do this but at some point you got to think about your family and your loved ones and try to just not do it that way mm -hmm. and you know we wish him the best i know everybody is wishing ozzy the best because 
Parkinson's, it's, it's a deteriorating disease and you, you never want to see anybody go through the pain and suffering like that at all. Yeah. In other news, uh, K.K. Downing, former guitarist for Judas Priest, is forming his new band, which is going to be doing a lot, apparently a lot of old Priest songs, and he's bringing back Ripper Owens, who filled in for Rob Halford for a short time on a couple records. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with stuff like this because it's basically K.K. Downing's Priest uh, versus Judas Priest, which, you know, is out there, and uh, I don't know if there's really bad blood between everyone because I know that health played an issue with KK and Glenn Tipton and all of them when they were initially left. But I'm excited because of Ripper Owens. I think he's really kind of an underrated uh, singer. And even though I didn't really care too much for his era of Priest, I haven't really sat there and dived into his old material to really... I'd probably go back and have more appreciation for it now than I would have, but... Obviously, his time with his solo work with Iced Earth and all the other stuff he did, it was pretty good. So, so how is this going to work? Because Judas Priest is a touring band; they tour all the time. I'm. It, it's like the Queen's right thing. Um, we see it all the time because you got Jeff Tate's Queen's right, and then you have Queen's right. It's these guys who feel like each one owns the brand and. With KK, he's getting, he's assembling not just Ripper, but there's some other former Priest members that weren't. So, are they going to, I mean... They're writing a record, yeah. They're writing a record. Are they going to perform only things that Ripper has done in no, the past? Or no, are they gonna, I mean, are they going to throw out there and try to do Painkiller? I, I, that's They what I, may, uh, but the way that I read it was KK was actually going further back. We're talking like the 70s and early 80s stuff, so I think... Like stuff like Exciter, you know, and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So it sounds like KK wants to revisit a lot of the older material. Um, I, I see. I'm what sure. You mean. That, I'm sure they'll touch on some of the, you know, other stuff. But they're apparently writing their own material for their own original record, and then we'll see how that goes from there. But I mean, maybe they're. And and what about? So sorry, I've got two thoughts going on at the same time. So what does? the current iteration of Judas Priest have to say about something like this because they are touring constantly. Well, they just, like, a year or two ago released Firepower, which was an amazing record. Yeah, so, like, I know Priest is constantly putting out new things, and I know that they, they'll always play the hits when you go to a concert. They'll play the new stuff, they'll play the hits, they'll, you know, but how is this overlap going to work? Like, is Priest going to be like, are are there royalties that they're going to... Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to work. I mean, is, is KK and, and, and Ripper only going to be allowed to do things that they were part of? Or are Normally, they... sometimes that's how it goes. Um, for instance, David Vincent, a Morbid Angel, he has his band, I Am Morbid, which does Morbid Angel song, but it's from his era of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, I don't even know if it's really a matter of copyright for David, because he's not actually in Morbid Angel. He might be um, hand-tied hand to do anything beyond that. Uh, whereas the Morbid Angel band with uh, Tucker, they could probably visit anything they want, mm -hmm. which they did on when we saw them live. They played... Uh, 
God of Emptiness, which was amazing, by the way. Uh, but with this, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't think there's any bad blood between Halford and Downey or anybody, so I think, I don't think there's anybody really griping one way or the other. They're just going to go do their thing. Both bands are just going to do what they do and just let the chips fall where they may. I think, I think if you have a lot of Priest fans, they're going to want to see both acts because, you know, KK is beloved. He's, he was one of the original, original guys in the band. Yeah. So, you know, he's there for the Turbo Record, Capain Killer, all that. So, you know, it's... Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I'm wondering. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see how this unfolds because... To me, clearly, I, I love Rob Halford. I dressed up like him for Halloween before. You know, it's it's a it's a whole thing for me. I love Judas Priest. I love Rob yeah, Halford. Yeah, I dressed up as the girl from Flashdance once. You did. I have pictures. <laughs> I had the hey, yeah, the cut up a uh, sweatshirt and everything. Yeah, that was embarrassing. You did a good job though. But I I, I want to see how this unfolds honestly because I. You know, you don't want to have that kind of war between two old friends. Right. And you... Well, see, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, between these two bands, I don't think it's an issue. But, like, Queensryche and Morbid Angel, like, it's a little more touchy. I, I don't... Because I know that Tate doesn't get along with the, the other band. And it's just... You know, it all depends on the former members. And from what I can tell, it's probably... I have to read up more on it, like you said. Like there might be more to this story than I'm just just not out there yet. But if I recall, KK had to leave just for health reasons. It wasn't like he was kicked out or anything like that. I mean, maybe they've they've come to an agreement. Like maybe they talk. You know, KK's priest and Judas priest. They might uh have an agreement together if they're both touring. Okay, uh, we're touring right now with this record, so these are our set lists that we plan you need to not do these songs. Maybe there's something like that if they want to kind of... Well, I probably wouldn't even say you don't need to do it, but I'd be like, well, let's look. If you want to give a good performance to the fans that attend your shows, this is what we got, what we're playing. You can go with whatever whatever you want, even if you want to take a few songs. But obviously, KK is not going to play anything from Firepower because uh, he wasn't a part of that record. So I don't think he was anyway. Maybe he was. I don't remember. Um... But chances are, from what I read, they, they're really going old school with it. They're really trying to go with the back catalog. I don't know if that includes, like, the more classic rock stuff they had going back. Like, what was it, Diamonds and something? I forget, I forget the name of the record, but it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. But, you know, maybe it's more from that era, too. I don't know. We'll have to see how that goes. Be interested to see Ripper sing some of that stuff, because it's a whole different ball game. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, well, we got the Rock Block coming up soon. It has uh, Neko's Pick of the Week, which is a goody-goody. Uh, a lot of good stuff in there. There's a lot of new stuff in there as well. Um, but we got one more block of metal coming your way. Some good friends of ours from Miguel released a new single, as well as an intro. I think they have a new album coming out pretty soon, like in a couple of days, I think. So I'll be grabbing that as well. But I feel like every time we see Mikhail, we are thoroughly entertained and always happy remember they won the uh, battle of the bands last year i mean and we've there's a little local place by us uh they had that um what was that uh sparta yeah the it was like a thrash night or something or well, no, i think that was they were here when um 
forget the band's name. The guy died though. It was so sad. Tenegar Calvary. Yes. Thank you. Uh, it was it was like a a winter fest of some sort. They were they were there for that. I actually discovered a lot of good bands that night. Uh, that was a good Emerge night. Was yeah, there and, that yeah. was a good night. Oh, I didn't even know Emerge a Tyrant. That that was the first time we saw Emerge a Tyrant. Mm-hmm, yeah. So it's it's you know. When I, we were a little sidetracked because of all the Virginia Virginia stuff. stuff yeah, but. watching the March Madness, but I uh, we're we're very excited for Mikhail's new album. We're very proud of them. Uh, they've played some good. Good well, shows. I've been waiting for them to put out some new stuff for a while. The last uh, record they had was really good. Like they they've done a lot of different things. They they go from like a little bit of a power metal melodic death to tech death, and then now I've kind of find them going into almost a death black vibe. Um, but you know, obviously their playing has improved a lot as well. Uh, they're progressing as a band, which is kind of cool. So you'll get a chance to hear this now, Neko, because I know you haven't had a chance yet. Um, but one thing I pointed out, like I was listening to a recent Striper track, and uh, Mikhail's the singer, like he reminds me so much of Michael Sweet, and not so much the super high, but just the the, the regular clean vocal work. It was a lot like the sing, which is pretty cool. I thought it was a great compliment. And, Interesting. I, I yeah, knew he... I, I love how, because they do sing, mm-hmm. like, actual, clean, very good vocals, and then you get the gruff, too. Yeah. And I love the I love the keyboardist. I love, like, <laughs> uh, Tim, that's his name? Yeah. He, when he's uh, playing and he's headbanging on the keyboards and he's going to town. Entertainment. <laughs> and I love how they all wear, like, um... It's like yeah, like they wear like a, a nice shirt. They're very yeah, very professional like looking. Whole, like the whole acrococky. Yeah, I love it. Well, here it is, some brand new track by Mikhail uh, with the intro. Saul's ad exordium, I guess is how you pronounce it. Agri Somnia is the actual song. So here we go. Enjoy.
Thrash Metal Band Poker Face from Russia and you are listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Alright, we're back. DJ Neko. DJ Anubis. Uh, so what did you think of the um, McHale track? I really liked it. Uh, today is just, we're killing it. We're killing it with music today. I've loved everything. I haven't... Fucking killing it. I have not... Dude. You know how sometimes you'll play something, I'm like, yeah, I'm not really yeah. feeling it. Like, everything has been great today. I love it. Yeah, not today. Busting it out. Um... Yeah, so that new track, I was thinking as I'm listening to it, like, keyboard-wise, reminds me of a lot of Demu, uh, a lot of good stuff there. Mm-hmm. And then, I, I, I was saying it, it was, uh, and, like, but, spooky sounding. But then towards, like, the end, the guitar licks uh, and the riffage and the range, which reminds me of a lot of Morbid Angel, it's like, meow. It's fucking amazing. Uh, good stuff, new stuff from Mikhail there, Solosis and Alpha State from Grand Sounds Promotion giving us that track. Time for the rock block. Rock block. Again, uh, mostly new stuff. Uh, new stuff wise, I got Hala. Their dogs were astronauts. Holy Fawn and Delane. Uh, Delane generally a metal band, but the track that was on this particular album is a little bit rockish, so I'm gonna throw it in this group. Uh, obviously, DJ Neko's pick of the week, and I also got some Sabbath in there. But we're gonna kick it off some brand new stuff from Hella. It's called Golden Snake.
live life in the fast lane? Do you have the need for speed? Well, if you're a racing fan and want to be part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champion flat card season. You could be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L. race to the finish line in Mardella Speedway at Diamond Head Arena in Joesburg, PA, March 13th through the 15th, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunterstown Speedway and Capital City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Carmichael Racing, and they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at SRChamp36. Carmichael Racing. Together you can soar as the engines roar. So it's time for your pick of the week, and I'll leave it to you to explain what it is and why. Well, 
I am one of the biggest Sticks fans. Liar. I am. I love Sticks. I would pick so many songs to be. Come sail away. That's, Come this sail is my problem. This is mine and Anubis's problem. <laughs> I love pretty much everything by Sticks except for Come Sail Away. I don't hate Come Sail Away, but I don't love Come Sail Away. And then it gets on my nerves. Like it'll start getting on my nerves, and I'm like, I, I don't want this anymore. I, I can't listen to this anymore. So anyway. Yeah, see, that's, it's, then that doesn't make you the biggest Sticks fan, because you have to love everything. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this week's pick of the week is Sticks, who I love. And it's from, what's the, Paradise, um, Paradise Theater. Paradise Theater. Yeah. And it's, we'll be fucking the paradise. Yeah, I probably should have gotten the intro to it. It's, that's as good, but we're going to kick it off, and here Oh, we you go. didn't do the full Paradise no. You're a somebody. Mm -mm. Somebody. That's right. I'm a somebody. Here we go. Audio jump. Attention, please. Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. We will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow, and we will break new ground. Hailing from the land below the wind. Ten, nine, eight, seven. DJ Neko's pick of the week.
This is Hugo Flores from Factory of Dreams and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Enjoy the music. Alright! All right. <laughs> that was Delane, Ghost House Heart, to I finish like our rock block. Good stuff. Alright, it's about time now for the Pig Destroyer interview, but... Before we get started with that, I got a few tracks, selected tracks from the catalog I'm going to play before that. Uh, but real quickly, how, what did you think of the interview itself, how it went? Oh, we had a really good time. I, you know, I'm always happy to have people in our home and, you know, I, I know you love your man cave. I don't even know what to call this. We're working on making it. It's going to be the new CBGBs. <laughs> All the stickers. That's that's yeah. the thing. I can't wait to go to MDF this year and just load up one. I'll buy every freaking sticker <laughs> they have. Or, you know, I know a lot of times they just give you stickers. But, you know, for the longest time we were, uh, I was trying to make it, like, too nice down here. And, and it's not like it's gross or dumpy or anything down here. It's just... No, it's cozy, actually. It's cozy. We, we replaced the floor, um... 
it's actually been a while now that but and I'm actually a little irritated because it's Anderson flooring and it's scratched and I'm like this shit's supposed to have a lifetime warranty and it's it can't look like CBGB's if it's without yeah we've got really a few nice. imperfections so that's good and um you know you had so many posters just like rolled up in tubes and I'm like my what I was going to do was get them all framed and I was going to paint the walls down here and I'm like you know what no that, we've been here for 14 years we're never going to leave mm -hmm. and if we just keep waiting all these posters need to see the light so he pulled them out and they're all over the walls I mean you, you must have like what 30 posters, 50 posters. And that's not even all of them, so... I mean, we're going to have more up soon, and, um, you know, it's just, he's got, you used to have more CDs, but he's got all his CDs. The records and a lot of the tapes are upstairs, though, in the living room, <laughs> and so I know, like, when when you're down here, and you, you he actually rearranged uh, while I was out. Was I on a trip or... I was on vacation with my mom. He rearranged the basement and then he started putting everything up. And he was like, this is awesome. And you got that sticker printer now so you can print some of your own stickers. And yeah. it's just been really fun. And I, I feel like every time... Um, you know, you've got some tapestries up, too. We got the Iron Maiden. We got the Devon Townsend. And our friend Simon sent that German flag. And, mm -hmm. yeah. you know... I just, I feel like every time somebody comes down to the basement, too, they're like, oh, it's so cool down here. And that's the idea. It just, it's just some wall paneling. It's not like anything fancy. I was trying to make it fancy, and it's not what it is. This is, we've got a little mini fridge. We've got um, TV, uh, some chairs, and a futon. It's a little... A little fireplace it's nice down here and I love to see like that's the first thing that the guys said when they came in and I, I saw how happy you were too you're like oh yeah well Travis you know they're all looking upstairs and how that's set up and then they come down here and they're like oh yeah okay I see it now <laughs> <laughs> well and and just for our listeners too it's not super fancy upstairs either i mean we did do the walls and we do have frames on things upstairs but it looks vastly different though yeah down here now. though it's like kind of raw and it's like what you know you would think this is better than my room when i was a kid <laughs> that's what it is this is like you're living out what you wanted to do as a kid and your parents wouldn't let you put all your posters up on the wall right but you look you got your and um, I don't know if DJ Anubis has ever told you about the coffee table that I made. Um, literally, just from trying tons and tons of beers, I would save the beer labels, and then um, I decoupage them onto the coffee table, so it's all beer labels. And then I'm working on the wall now, and it's all wine labels from different wines. Um, some I've tried, some I just like had wine labels from from people that have given me wine labels or I order them. So everything around is kind of like a little crafty. I have a, in my, in our spare bedroom, the one wall is nothing but book pages. Well, I have pictures and stuff that I've shown, but we got to get on with this. Let's so get on with our Pig Destroyer. I got three tracks from the band. It pretty much amounts up to six minutes, but then after that you've got like a well over an hour or so 
uh, interview time that we did with Blake and Travis. So I hope you all enjoy it. We'll be back. Now, one thing I want to use are all three of these from different albums. Yes. So in the yeah. interview, you're going to hear um, Blake kind of talk about how every album they've tried to kind of move into a little bit different, like have a different feel. They, they try different things. So listen to these three tracks. They're from three different albums and see what kind of feeling that you get from each one. And then listen to the interview. You can hear Blake and Travis talk about, you know, their, their life on the road and how they felt about their music. All right, here we go. Enjoy. Be back in a little bit.
DJ Nubis <laughs> and DJ Neko, Middletown Radio Podcast, interviewing Blake Harrison and Travis Stone. Stone, nice. big destroyer. Had to get your new guy, so. Yeah. <laughs> but he just celebrated his one year anniversary. Yeah. So I do want to say thank you guys for taking the time out to uh, do this with us. I know you're busy with the regular work stuff, so. Of course. Thank you much. Uh, the first thing I just want to kind of like ask, and I know it's harder with you two because you're more recent than some yeah, of I've been in the band for 15, 16 years, so. Uh, just introduce a little bit of the history of Pig Destroyer and some of your, uh, how you came about to be the current formation. Uh, so, I guess briefly, uh, Jer was at a band called Enemy Soil. Uh, it was a grind band from Virginia. They went up and recorded. They're split with the Gore Fogart Nosebleed in Boston, which is Scott's other band. Uh, Scott finished grad school, moved to the area. Uh, and we saw broken up where Jared quit. So Scott and Jared started jamming. Uh, that's the very brief uh, intro of how the band formed. The name came up at King's Dominion. <laughs> they were in line for a ride, tossing around band names and Jared said they called it Cop Killer or Pig no I think it was maybe Cop Killer like all the Krusty Kids I read it, Cop Killer was one of the names they were talking about no pictures or just stopped uh, so it went on like that for I don't know probably eight nine years uh, a couple records then they added me to do noise and samples uh, we had some issues with our last drummer Brian so we got rid of him and got Adam then got his cousin to play bass, had some issues with him, and now Travis and I guess we're caught up for 22 years. 
very short version. Well, how did you find Travis, or vice versa? I've known Travis um, probably since he was about 16. Yeah, 16. Um, I saw his old band played the Golden West Cafe in Baltimore. They were called Necropsy then. Oh. Uh, and they were great. So I talked to them that night and kind of became friends when we saw each other out. Um, a little over a year ago, uh, okay, so Travis goes to Arizona to jam with his other band sometimes. I was going out there for Christmas, so I happened to hit him up to see if he was going to be there. He said no, and I was like, well, you know, we can go get a drink. We were having issues with our bass player, John, and I was talking to him about it. He was saying all this stuff I didn't really, wasn't clicking in my head until he said it. So I was like, wait, what are you doing? Do you want to try it out? So we did toss around a couple names, and Travis went home and learned three songs that night and sent us a video. Holy cow. That night. In one night? Yeah. So. Did you send him a, a, you know, a video of you on the banjo or anything? I have a six-string banjo. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah. Well, I, I, do. I do. I'm working on it. Very so one nice. of the ones that challenged him to learn, he still hasn't learned, but we don't play it right now, so it's not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we jammed with him, and we had a couple other people lined up, uh, try out and we jammed with him once and he went to the bathroom and he came out and we were like this is it do you want to join Pigasur that's awesome so it was cool we watched the Dewey Cox story as we <laughs> jammed I think that's what now somebody play. wasn't walking around naked right <laughs> no, no, no. we always have some sort of movie playing in the background of practice which can be a little distracting at points we watch hey original or remake uh, it was a remake. the remake yeah it was very distracting. Yeah. Have you ever seen the Pacino movie Cruising? No. No. He's a detective in New York that has to infiltrate a series of gay murders. So half of that movie is literally naked dudes in clubs. Oh wow. So not that there's anything wrong with that. It's right. But it's it's a you know Trying like hey it's distracting any sort of nudity. <laughs> right. They're know. like there's a naked dude on screen. Hey. There's a lot of naked. How <laughs> was that way when we went to see Watchmen and I'm on the big screen I'm seeing a big blue dick swinging in my yeah, face. Yeah, you know? I mean, Dr. Manhattan. I worked in the comic industry for a, a while and was like, there's no way they're gonna do that on that in that movie. I was like, dude, they just went like. It wasn't just a flash. No, <laughs> it was full frontal Dr. Man. Which, you know, I'm an adult. You know. Right. We saw it in, like, IMAX. And I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's like bigger. a four-foot penis. It's like a... Oh, fuck, what is that movie? Uh, Showgirls? Uh-huh. Where it's like a lot of nudity. You're like, hell yeah. And then after a while, you're like, you're so numb to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I wonder if that's like what a DJ at a strip club feels like. Like... <laughs> Oh, yeah, who cares? Like, no way! She's boobs. Everyone's going crazy. Like, yeah, I've seen this, like, night after night mm-hmm. after night. Right. You know? Hey, Jamie. Who? How's it been? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, uh, I saw, I read a recent uh, article in Revolver with Scott, and uh, he talked about, on the new last record you did, um, Headcage, in 2018. I can't believe it's been that long already since you released that, but he was talking about... Uh, not wanting the bond, the band to be bigger than it was, and he said he also took some non-metal inspirations into that record. I mean, would you agree with that assessment? Uh, I mean, yes. I'll try to answer your point without getting too uh, you know, diverging from the topic. So, 
we kind of make a concerted effort to not have every record sound like a previous record. And there's, to me, like Prowler's our death metal record. Terrifier's are kind of more like arty noise rock record. Van Limb's a little more thrashy. Headcage, uh, I mean, Bookburner's like a little more punk. Headcage is a little more Melvin's to me. Um, so that's kind of how, that's all post, that's after. It's not like we plan that sort of thing out. You know, Scott writes most of the music. Um, now bass, uh, the drums, and guitar. I write my stuff for someone, he helps out with my stuff, and Jared writes his, his lyrics. And everything's got a different vibe. We just try not to wedge shit in. It just, it has to happen organically. Yeah, you don't want to force it. Right? It, it's one of the reasons it, it takes us so long between records, because Scott has a core fluid, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, did I answer your question? No. <laughs> no, keep talking, keep talking, keep um, talking. As far as the band not getting bigger... I only asked that because, like, I know I talked to you. One, well, actually, I talked to Lindsay, and when I asked her, I said, "Well, is he going to go on a big tour?" Pig destroy. This was like two or three years ago. And she's like, "No, no, they don't ever do like long yeah. tours." I didn't even realize that. That'll, that'll be a separate answer. By <laughs> oh, uh, you know, we say that a lot in interviews, and it's not. You know, at the end of the day, you don't you don't do this and want no one to hear it, but. It's never been our livelihoods. We all have day jobs. Scott works for the government. I'm an engineer. And when we started the band, I mean, Grindcore is a blip on the radar, and it's got, like, a lot more press and juice now. The idea of ever becoming a career was not even thought of. But if the, if the right opportunity showed itself, you would definitely consider it. Uh, I mean, at this point, you know, Scott's probably... Scott's your age, 48, 49. I'm 44. Jared's 43. Adam's close to 40. Travis, yeah, you have to understand, Pig Star has been around since Travis like the mid 90s. Travis is 12. <laughs> oh my God! He's a baby. He's had a birthday. <laughs> he could be. He could be your son. So I mean, the idea we never really toured. It's kind of always worked our way. Uh, because I mean, we used to we play more now than we ever have, right? Uh, so it was never intentional. And just to get us out of the house was it, it wasn't just money; it's something cool. Do you find that you just do like more festival type stuff, which maybe a one day type? We have not been doing a lot of fests uh, recently, but that'll change. It always does. But so you know, when we first started. When we were playing out, it was kind of a bigger deal because we didn't come through your town twice a year. And we still don't. Uh, you know, I think we have a lot more exposure than we used to, so it's we're maybe not as cool and I'm doing air quotes. Like, <laughs> as, you You're know, so underground. Cool. Underground. Right. Well, it's funny because I, I had read that like Pig Destroyer, and I, I've always known the name. We like, need to we need to read more rumors about Pig Destroyer, and then talk to Blake and be like, "Here's the rumors." <laughs> well, it's just that they consider Pig Destroyer not only a big influence on the grindcore scene, but like uh, they're I don't want to say mainstream, but as uh, opposed to other bands in the same I mean, genre, you guys are a pretty big. I'll name. say this, and we can edit it if I feel differently. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit it in post. You know, as far as the top five grindcore bands of all times, it's us, Napalm, Carcass, Terrorizer, and Repulsion. Well, two of those bands 
Terrorizer and Repulsion don't really... I mean, they play, but it's not new material. Right. Uh, and, you know, Jarrett's kind of always stated that we're not really a grind band, which I think we are. We're just a thrash band, but, you know, that's purest bullshit. But you also said that you try to get a different vibe for every single album. Like, it's well, not like you're trying to pinpoint one particular... F- we have very diverse influences. One of biggest, Scott's biggest influences is the Melvins. And if you listen to Power on the Yard, it's played at warp speed. Mm-hmm. But the tempo is changing and the riffs change. And to me, it's like the Melvins on 45. Yeah. Uh, I can say that. Yeah, we don't want to repeat ourselves, especially since it's not our job and we take our time. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I don't think I really got into Pig Destroyer until about Phantom Limb, and at that point, you guys had kind of started writing longer songs at that point, so... And, you know, there's that whole chest, old chest style, like, DRI, where they're like, you used to write 40 songs on our day. Like, well, we realized we couldn't do that. That's not how we work. You know, we just did a groovier, kind of more sludgy record, and so the next one might be more grind, or might be more punk, or who knows? It, we haven't started writing, it just is when it Joe is. Bonamassa. <laughs> Joe Bonamassa. In fact, the, the grindcore songs on Headcage, when Scott wrote those, the short, fast ones, Jer was like, there's not a lot going on. I was like, you gotta really listen to them. They're just 30 seconds. There's a lot of riff changes. They're just very slow. And that's one of the things with Headcage, Scott said he wanted, is like a thematic, like underlying vein where there's slight variations. It's got like a big jazz guitar guy. So maybe that's something? I don't know. Well, I was well, going to follow it up with, like, as you said, that, you know, Pig Destroyer kind of tries and progresses on each album. And this is going to be funny. How was it received? <laughs> <laughs> so I actually do have an answer for this one. Good. Uh, in a, like, uh, everyone hated Terrifier when it came out. Because it's not grind pure shit. Right. Now you read the internet, everyone loves that record. <laughs> right. And when we say, blow it out your ass if you want us to learn that in its entirety, <laughs> uh, Headcage was received very poorly at first. Really? Very poorly. We didn't produce it ourselves. We didn't mix it or master it. Uh, Do you find that dealing with an outside producer affects the way that you feel or affects like the, the product more or... <sighs> The exact opposite. Ooh. Typically, it, we get a little bogged down, and it's frustrating for all of us. And you can get too close to a project where it's never good enough. Are you guys like perfectionists? This, people say it's got a new metal or death core vibe, but I didn't really I get that either. Uh, is it what I would particularly want? No, but I think he did an amazing job. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, but he's done some like fit, he's in fit for an autopsy. Can you look that up while we're doing that? He has a tour of fit for an autopsy, but he's in that. Uh, I think he did a great job with the production of that record. And <laughs> uh, so it was received very poorly. But being like a year to year and a half out, uh, all right, who things are, are changing. Well, it's probably kind of like what you said with Terrifier. People didn't really respond Members. initially. Then, what does he do? In um, he plays guitar, but he doesn't tour with them. So. Tim? No. Pat? Pat no. Sheridan? Will? Or you can just look. Yeah, Will Putney. Yeah. 
Is he what is he like a studio player? Yeah, and it, that's his band, but he just doesn't want to tour. And he does. That's probably that would be me if I ever. That would be me. Like, yeah, I'm just <laughs> not touring. production. I'll, I'll do. I'll, I'll I'll produce and write your shit, but you go tour. Not I mean, me. I don't think it's as the production is as organic as our previous records, but it's not. You know that like last Terrorizer record or some of those like later era Napalm where everything's just so stiff and produced. Like uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big Pantera fan. Mostly because their sound was their sound, and I think other people took it and made it worse. The whole <laughs> scoop mids and really like weak production. I think I just, after Vulgar, I was kind of done with That's that. That's not really their fault. Right. It's like I don't really like the Grateful Dead because their fans are in it, and I might actually like it if I give it a shot, but I don't. I'm not going to. So, I said no, no, not happening. I don't think we. You know, we don't sound like those bands, and this time around was a lot easier just to, like, all right, well, how'd this guy mix it? And I think he did two mixes, and we were like, this is it. And typically, I mean, we're back and forth, and we just texts and emails and calls for, like, months. So, I don't know that we'd use them again, but we might use someone else outside. We did a decibel, was it? Well, you haven't hit the big time unless you use Bob Rock. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see that Metallica movie? Uh, probably. Monster? Yeah, yeah. When they don't have a bass player and he's like playing in the studio. <laughs> and like Bob Rock's a famous producer. And they're like, we're, they're talking about hiring a bass player. He's like, yo, oh, guys. And they're just like, no, dude. I'm like, yeah, go fuck yourself, Bob Rock. Really, you're just playing bass along this new album, the right wrist. Do you think you're gonna be the bass player for Metallica? <laughs> I just watch this. Granted, it's a couple years old. Uh, podcast with James Hetfield today. And it was like, man, he's not as intolerable of a prick as I expected him to be. Just because of you know, Metallica broke up after Just Frog, if you ask me. <laughs> I brought the Black Album. Something happened. I don't know what, but. I bought the like, I think I bought the single for Inner Sandman the day it came out and it was a cassette single and right? I'm just like the dude was I was with a plane he's like he's I love this I'm like this shit sucks. I was in <laughs> se- dude, I is, was in seventh grade and that's not I, the worst song in that record. No. By far. Sabbath True is about the only one I think I can really stand for the most part. Uh, did you hear Lulu? Uh on the record? Yeah. Yeah. I almost bought it on vinyl just because I knew it would be worth money, but I was like, man, this record fucking blows. Lou <laughs> Reed is a huge influence on me and JR, but fuck it, man. Metallica. <laughs> Travis what do you just, think, Travis? Travis well, what's about it? Metallica? Uh, I was 12 when the Black Album came out. That was in seventh grade. Were you born yet? <laughs> yeah, were you born yet? <laughs> it was 91. Yeah, I wasn't even born yet. Wow. Were you even a thought? <laughs> he was no. born three years after I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Goodness. Yeah, so which we found out the first time I booked an out-of-town flight for us, which I think was Canada, right? Yeah, it was the first show. Right. Vancouver. Yeah. Was it your first show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. First show was out-of-town. No kidding. In Vancouver. That's cool as shit, though. Interesting little part of town. All drug use is super legal. For real? And prostitution. Yes. I'm glad you and brought that from, up. I'm from Baltimore. 
I mean, you see people smoking crack and shooting. You up, see the lean. But nobody hit us up for money. I smoke cigarettes. Don't really bother me. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, but we just staying in that neighborhood for like two days. We probably saw about seven or eight overdoses. Where ambulances coming? Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's like a tent city. Right. It's legal. Vancouver there. is that part of Vancouver where the club we played is. It's like the two or three blocks. Hmm. It's just crazy. You're like, we walked to the record store. It was like, what's that guy shooting up in broad daylight? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It, yes, you guys live in Baltimore. Too. Yeah. You see that. Hmm. But like kind of off the beaten path. Right. This is like, literally just like walking, like you're walking down Charles Street. Wow. It's crazy. I think it depends too where we are like in Baltimore because I'm Well, a- that's what it means. Like in certain parts you can find it if you're looking for it. Yeah, but you're not shooting up in the middle of the street. Right. But there. <laughs> Dan, I found, uh, we played with that band Wake, the crying band from Canada. Yeah. Uh, so he said needle drops until he told me the most gross thing. Do you remember this? No. Which will make the best Stop that or grind that. record or, or band title. So really desperate junkies would go through the needle drop. Oh, oh, and shoot it. And they call them rigger diggers. Wow. Oh. Oh, that, that's repugnant to me. Yeah. For a gore grind band name, that's a really good thing. <laughs> you can have that whoever's listening. Whoever's listening. <laughs> so I was thinking like a little backstory on how we met you. And I'm trying to It's been a Because yeah, he and I, we've been together now 18 years. I, I was thinking about it on the way here. Did you guys go to see King Diamond? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And we was like at the restaurant next door and we were eating. That's right. We were eating at the top. Was it the tapas place or the steak place? It was the tapas place. I remember talking to you guys from like, we were sitting in the bar and you guys were in the mm-hmm. corner. Lindsay was already in the show. Uh, that was, see, the, the, the King Diamond thing was a big deal. No, but I didn't piece that together. Like, when I, well, I just remember saying, because like, I knew who Pig Destroyer was, but I didn't really know anybody in the band. But then you were like, yeah, I, I play in a band called Pig Destroyer. I was like, oh, oh shit. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that today on my way here. I was like, but it wasn't positive with you guys. Mm-hmm. Because we... But it got me thinking because it wasn't until, I don't know, God, it might have been two, three years ago. Yeah. You were in Philly or in that area, Pennsylvania, and... Two other guys that I know was John from Nomos and then uh, Mike Giuliano. Oh, I love And you guys that. were taking a picture mm-hmm. together. I'm like, I know all these oh, fools. Damn yeah. sick as a fucking dog. <laughs> it was right before the. We were talking about PR for the record, too. Right. And the relapses were there. I was like, guys, like. They're like, yeah, have a shot. I'm like, well, I'm already hammered and I'm sick anyway, so I don't have to try. Yeah, I right. I in John's dad's car that night. <laughs> Big John's outside. car? Outside. Was Big John up there? No. Have you even talked to his dad? Yet? I had the foresight to be like, hey, dude. It's been a long time. Uh, I'm going to have to spew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to use your back seat here. No, it was outside. Okay. I, got, I got my head out the window. <laughs> Funny you know, story. She got sick one night on the way home. Oh, God. So she opens the door. And of course she does her business, but then like she proceeds to like basically I, fall out I into it. I couldn't get back into the car, so I fell <laughs> and I rolled. Yeah. Anytime you puke, 
if you're not standing outside of the vehicle, it's always going to get. Yeah, it was like I opened the door, the door and open, threw up. And, and me, I'm like the sarcastic guest. I'm like, please don't play in it. Come on. Get it <laughs> yeah, I'm trying car. to stand up, but I rolled into it. Oh, that's great stuff. Okay, so uh, more with Mike because he works with Relapse. Are you guys still signed to that label? Yep. Uh, yeah. That's, yes. Yes. Or no question? Yes. I fucked up. You did fuck yeah, up. Yeah, I think we have one more with him, but we'll see when we get that. So how does that all work when you sign with a label? Like, do they? Is it? Is it like a contract or? It is, but I don't know how it is anymore because labels are having a two, like time. a two or three. So like, okay, we're going to give you like a record deal for X amount of yeah or four. But, yeah, I, I misremember. But. So do they? Do they? I don't. I don't know if I'm asking the right way. Like. They give you a record deal, so does the record deal entail, like, we're going to produce your record for you, we're going to... So, you can think of the labels like a bank. So, shooting videos we pay for, even though they pay for it up front. We have a studio where we practice, we built it. Oh, wow! So, studio time... I didn't build anything, I'm not taking any credit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I actually built it, uh... Studio time, tour support, all that shit, but that's called recoupable. So if you sell two records, you owe the label X. Okay. Uh, we fortunately do okay, so we're kind of always, what's the good one in the black? You no, black black yeah. is good, red is negative. Right. Uh, we don't use a lot. So we'll buy some gear or, or do whatever. And you're pretty established, so you have your studio, you have your gear, you... Now, the, the labels usually, I think, don't they cover, like, promotion and shit like that? Oh, yeah, that? but that doesn't... I don't think that comes out of our money. I don't think that's... Well, I hope not everything comes well, out of your money. Well, certain labels do, man. <laughs> right. Certain labels, if they call you long distance, they'll charge you for that call. Mm. Oh, God. I'm not going to name any names. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so, yeah, and the promotion is the big deal. I mean, there's stuff we could do on our own, but... But it's also good to have somebody out there, if they have the people, they have the audience, they're promoting you to a larger yes. group. I mean, I could I could t send something to my 500 Facebook friends, but if you have, you know, relapse out like, there... So, like, what, one or two might click on it, and it's the same thing when we promote on it. Like, Facebook is dead now. Mm -hmm. Instagram is yeah. what we get. My mommy is on Facebook. Right. I want to do a Twitter account, but I don't have the time, because gotta update it like three or four times I, was at, right. I, I, I cut off my Twitter right. I, I had to um, you need a PR person <laughs> I need yeah, I need to re-up the Twitter but I um, but if you let it lie just kind of the algorithm's very yeah you're young do you tweet yeah. do you tweet do you or is it Snapchat okay you're really young see that, that you gotta use the new blood to get everything going I don't, I don't really use Snapchat anymore the only person that I speak to on Snapchat is my nine-year-old niece <laughs> Everything else I get is vulgar, and it's everything I'm about Snapchat that seems inappropriate. <laughs> like my nine-year-old niece is like, "Hi, Aunt Missy," and I'm like, "Hey, like that's what I get." But most things I get on Snapchat are from people who it's it, they friend me. I, I don't know how it works. They they add I don't me. Use it. Yeah, they add me, and they look like people I might know, so I add them back, and then they send me. Dick pig. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, hey. We're all friends. How do we do that? I've got a few random 
ads before. And, but it's uh, like they look like I know them. I'm like, oh, I think I've been before. What is that before? Like metal looking dudes? Yeah, either metal looking dudes or Come chicks. On. Yeah, but you have success on Instagram because there's bands that I've been promoting for a while. They're like, they're friends. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty. Like, I, I'm not big on Instagram, but like I've been on Instagram since like day one, and I've always like really enjoyed Instagram. I thought that Instagram well, was like really it, cool. Because there's a picture that can be like a tiny story, but it's not like. Oh, I ate asparagus for lunch today. I'm like, fucking Joe Biden. I'm like, dude, nobody cares. I don't even know you. Joe Biden needs like, asparagus. Like, I tried to dial the phone, but, like, I hit nine twice. Like, no, I... Instagram is just like, here's a fucking awesome picture. Or a goofy picture. Yeah. Like, our Instagram gets a lot. And I make a point to try to follow everyone that follows us. Right. Uh, it gets hard sometimes. Especially if... <laughs> there was somebody I got to... So we were promoting the Prowl in the Yard set at Death Ball. And somebody's like, I don't know about those new jokers in the band. <laughs> well, maybe they can have a bass player. I'm like, so you just mean me. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't give a shit. There's someone on Facebook that talks to me through the picture of Facebook who flat out talks shit about me personally. He just doesn't know what's the answer. Oh, wow. Because yeah, you're because you're responding out. from Pig Destroy? Oh, that's hysterical. Like he's like, ah, oh, I'm sorry, I was talking shit about Blake, and like, do you guys have any stickers? Like, no, fresh out, dude. <laughs> so wait a minute. You're only 25, so he's grown up with social media. He doesn't yeah. know a world without. That's why I asked him about Twitter. Yeah, like, didn't let me finish. Oh, okay, <laughs> sorry. Give us your Twitter. Oh, I gotta finish. Nah. No, I was just saying, I was just talking about Snapchat, and I've met a few people on there, like, randomly, and I'm still friends with, like, two of them, still. One, one's from Dallas. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Back in the day, in the infancy of the way, when the internet was coming up, and you gotta remember, he's really old, um, it was, it was all, like... Message boards and oh, yeah. like private. I remember that. I, yeah. I kind of like when I was when I was she growing up. Is not down here upstairs. upstairs. When uh when I was growing up, I take the wheel. Up. You got the wheel, baby. You got the wheel. Come on, Travis. Yeah, I, I grew up with the with computers. Look like good. Like when they first came out, they had the big. It was like television stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. like real deep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. CRTs, dude. Yeah, I had one of those. And, and when I was telling the story about meeting you, I didn't say that necropsy went on to be noise. Yeah. Which mm. Yeah. Oh, really? Right. So that was Ben's band then. Yeah. Awesome, right? Yeah, okay. He was uh, the original singer for uh, necropsy. When, um, I feel like I've heard that band before, or the name. I'm sure we have. What time period were you guys active? Uh, We started in like... 2008, and then we didn't really start doing much until probably like 2011, 2012. Okay. And then, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. I'm kind of like spacey. Me too. I understand. <laughs> nah, We're yeah. always spacey, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> How, like, when were you active? So basically, from oh. 2008 to what, 12? Thirteen, I guess. Uh, well, they're still active. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, they're still doing stuff. They just released an album. It's really good. Um, uh, yeah, when I was, I I left the band in two thousand fourteen, though. Um, but 
Dude, he's got vans. He does. Yeah. Red checkerboards. Yeah. You know, that's the new hotness. So, you're young. I I keep forgetting how I'm old. You're young. But it was the hotness when I was in school back in, like, 98. So, yeah. It's it's, it's been a hotness. It's, like, on and off for a while. I think, too, with the Converse, and I actually purchased a pair of Converse the other day, and this is how I absolutely know that I'm old, because I used to wear Converse in high school, and I bought a pair of... I wanted the natural white Converse. I put them on, and I'm like, I can't walk around in these. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm dying. I'm old. I need orthopedic supports. Oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> I'm gonna need those soon. Oh my god! We're all getting old, except for you. We're all getting oh, old. He's giving out. I, I injured it a while back. What did you do? I I strained it or something. I walked out of a club like a venue when I was on tour. I was teching for uh, Soulfly and I was playing. Who is teching for Soulfly? Yeah, I was teching for Max. Max and is a cool guy. I, I we just got done uh, loading out gear and it was it turned into a nightclub afterwards. We were drinking and I was partying. I was dancing, you know, just blew out around. your knee. I would pay. Yeah, and then I walked I walked out of the club and fell flat on my ass. He's a very young man to have an injury like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, couldn't, I mean, I that's a cool injury. For seven, like 7 months. So what do you got a little brace to help I, you out a little bit? I had a knee brace and it kind of helped, but then I, it didn't start getting better and I couldn't walk without a cane until like it happened in January, and I couldn't walk until like. But his cane was dope when he pulled it out of sword in it. No, that was not me. Was it like a from third base? Was it like a pimp cane? So I want to interrupt and say, Pinky sure is cool enough, but you know my real passion is ballet. Me too. I saw your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, actually, my real passion is tap, but those ballet slippers that I have, I, I did ballet from the time I was four until I was about twenty, and like, you either got it or you don't got it, and I don't got it, so it was time to hang that shit up. But it was I. But you teach her. I, I, I love it. I only dance so I can park in handicap spots. <laughs> Dude, I, if I get married, I wouldn't dance at the wedding. Like, I hate it. He I went it. around in a circle with you me. the same way? Yeah. yeah okay, he, I would do that. Yeah. If I'm under any sort of substance, I can dance. I can't. If I would have had it my way, I would have been wearing shorts at the wedding. She just wouldn't have it. I mean, that's different because that's not for you. <laughs> no, it's it is for you. me. Thank you. It is dancing <laughs> for you, but you probably didn't dance the rest of the night. I did. I again. I had to just because what was that thing they did where they give us money or whatever, and everybody's dancing. The apron dance. Yeah. It was ridiculous. And of course, you're from Baltimore, so you did the chicken dance. No, know? no chicken dance. Really? We, well, she, we she had a request. Did. She's actually from Dundalk. Wow. I'm here. Good. I'm a born and bred Dundalk girl. Dundalk. But, but I am not into line dances, and I didn't like. I had no. I had all these requests. I'm like, no line dances, no chicken dance, Jeez, no bullshit. You didn't say that. And didn't that want to talk to the manager? And gay men are into line dancing. No, that's. Can I speak to the manager? You know what I'm talking about. Karen. Karen's. Yeah. Karen's are into line dancing. I'm not into line dancing. But my my mother, who her name is not Karen, it's Debbie, so that's kind of like a Karen. Yeah. She overrode because she paid a for Karen's a person, a character. She overrode. She and my dad paid for our wedding. Okay, so she went to for you and you don't need to be a party. You can be like, No, I'm not doing this, this is my fucking wedding. You're making it happen. Do the electric slide. You and all the other old biddies. Oh my god. I got like six solid moves. And that's it. <laughs> I would say. That's six more than I have. I would I say. I can do the worm really well. Like, I can. If, if I, I can do enough, that. 
I can jump into it and do like a handstand. He's pre way pre break dancing, dude. We are not. Yeah, I actually used to get the cardboard box, lay it out, and do my little centipedes and shit. Oh, honey. It's at weddings and funerals, and people are like, funerals? What? Depends on who does. Do a jig. I was seeing a girl that taught me how to merengue and baracha. See, that's different. It's like real shit. And you can teach that. Do you know how to do the pachenko? Uh, no. And you can teach it. But but actually, she, went, she's all happy. I went to high school over Tapsco. Me right. too. Yeah, I went over there. But like twelve yeah. years later than you did. Yeah, I graduated two thousand thirteen. Ninety eight. Wow. Ninety three. <laughs> see now, I don't feel like the oldest person in the room. Didn't really come. That's eighty nine. Okay, that doesn't count because he would have been a senior when I was a freshman. So technically, we're the same age. So like, if you were in high school. At the same time, some of you are the same age. If we dated when he was in high school, it would be illegal. Me too. I graduated when I was seventeen as well. But yeah, I went to Tapsco too, and the so the magnet program started yeah. when I was in tenth grade, and I did photography and I did dance, and it's so different now than yeah, I did theater when I was there. I was the lead male role in the Spring Musical. <gasps> what was it? Name. Which is the... the I mean, like, I like Look at all nine. you sophisticated people. And <laughs> my high school band learned all the songs for Grease and played. <laughs> and it was the understudy for Teen, teen Angel. And the motherfucker got sick and I had to do it. Beauty school dropouts. Come out. down on the cloud and everything. And I dyed my hair black. Stranded at the drive-in. <laughs> no, that's, that's Danny. My hair never got long. It just got Ow. Lego-like. I can't remember. Like, just no, that's... Big. So, that's, powder blue tights, teenager on the cloud. That's beauty school. I sounded... Out. My voice oh, was yeah. not quite as fucked up. Right. When I was in high school, but I still can't say. Go back to house. I still constantly will do summer loving with anybody but my girlfriend at karaoke. I love Grease. I did, I did Grease for two years. I was I was three different roles. I was Patty Simcox, I was Rizzo, and I was Cha-Cha. Hell yeah. Because I'm the best dancer. I'm the best dancer over I mean, at St. Bernadette. <laughs> learned all those songs and played them as the band. Can I ask you something? Mm-hmm. What, uh, when you did gym class, did you guys uh, have Jim's to learn like, how to... Edit, edit, edit. Did you guys have to learn how to dance and do, like, dance? In gym class? No. Yeah, we had to, and when I, I was... See, you gotta remember, I'm, I'm old now. Yeah. When I did gym class in ninth grade, it was, like, basic gym class. Like, go run... Dodgeball. Yeah, right. go run track, go do tennis, go do basketball, play softball, yeah. When I did it in tenth grade, I it was called Fitness for Life. Wow. And it was a co-ed gym class. Whatever, Snowflake. No, it Whatever, was... Boomer. It was... Boomer, okay, Boomer. It was archery, ping pong. Archery? Yes, archery, ping pong. We never had cool shit like that. When bowling. I we went bowling. I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Yeah, Dude, I would run cross-country. It was the captain and make the team run. I'd run up to the McDonald's, smoke a cigarette... Yeah, I love I love running track because I would like be like. I had a AP class, AP biology, and the Mr. Ha- oh, you're there. not you didn't come here with me. There was either there and we could huff it. Oh my god! Illegal time out. And the, my professor would just give me his keys and be like, "Harrison, go run up here and grab me this." You, you weren't supposed to lose. You couldn't do that now. 
We used to we used to ask our teacher for a pass to go to guidance, as I'm air quoting, and we'd be like, "Can we please have a pass to go to guidance?" And they knew we would be going to Dunkin' Donuts or yeah. I'm a daughter of a diplomat. She would throw keggers and sleep with dudes. Never me, but went to parties there, and they could not arrest her. So what we've learned here is the next. Pig destroyer like, lyrics are all going to be about high school days she was really and hot. diplomatic immunity. No, they finally were like, "Dude, you has can't, been revoked. You can't like do this shit anymore. Like, we can't arrest you, but you can't." My dad went to Tasco. Like, I think he was class of like eighty three or eighty four, and his gym class had boxing and shit. In it. Yeah, I'm from Southern Maryland. For like, there's a kid that drove a tractor to my high school until we told him. Nice. You have your spirit week. We ironically had redneck day. Wow. Dude came into school. Overalls, no shirt, no shoes. Good. His dog. An unloaded shotgun. And they just sent him home. Wow. Nowadays, if you bring a unloaded yeah, they're shotgun. They're like, dude, you can't bring a gun. I'm like, what about the shirt and the shoes and your fucking dog? <laughs> like, That's okay. I found a dinosaur skull when I was a kid in the cliffs and it was in a museum for Oh, hour. that's right. You're way down there. Yeah, super down there. Like, uh, it's... Past Clinton. <laughs> you're, like, down, you're down, like, in Solomon's Island, like, uh... A little further north, but yeah. Because we went to, uh... What was it? Thomas is where my dinosaur skull was. That's what I was going to say. We went down to this thing. It was called Shark Fest down there. and it, one little shark. Yeah, it was like one <laughs> little tiny shark. We used to catch sand sharks in the bay. Mm -hmm. uh, did you go to the Tiki Bar? No. Oh, it's such a good spot. I used to drink there underage till they got wise. <laughs> uh, Caught on your ass. Crazy shit. They're like, listen. My brother and I, we heard the bay froze every one year. He's eight years older than me. My dad, he he would talk about that too. The year that the bay, the actual it's bay enough. froze to like a certain point, you could walk like out to. We did that. He fell in. Yeah, that's not good. So we didn't want to get in trouble. So we walked around for hours to dry off. So my mom went, like, now you think is that shit? That's crazy. Yeah. I worked at an offshore natural gas platform, and because of the electric, rock. Rockfish this big, mm -hmm. you could snag them. And we would jump off that thing, all kinds of crazy shit. Shit would never even do think about it. Thinking of a personal, like, uh, I guess, because I go back, I'm thinking about Prowler in the yard, and you know, shoot back on top. <laughs> no, it's, we're working on it. JR, lyric wise, that was a real personal record for him lyrically, so. How has the band like progressed since then, as far as lyrics and well, direction? And it's always different. He has a good one. His lyrics are always about his time. So he it's has cannoli. his lyric books that he writes in. But mm -hmm. He won't go if he needs lyrics. He won't go mine the shit he wrote when he was writing Prowler. That's he uses those lyrics and I love it. A certain book. certain error done. Yeah, they're done. I'm gonna get some more. Uh, so the whole thing, originally like a, maybe the Orchid split, maybe the first record, a little more political based lyrics, and coming from Amy Soil, that's where he was, and Scott was like, read these books, watch these movies, and write like this. That's how I developed the style. It's still amazing. I mean, I write lyrics for Zealot. I like them. I have a hard time arranging, so Schley kind of changes them. 
which is why I won't print them because it takes a completely different meaning. But I mean, Jerry's an amazing lyricist. He gets a lot of uh, kudos for that. So how do they? I'm just. I'm sorry to butt in. When you write, do you do lyrics first, music second, or is it a collaboration, or is it music first, lyrics after? Jerry's constantly writing lyrics. So am I from either man. Jerry's wanted to use some of my lyrics for Pink Story. I'm flattered, but I'm also opposed because it distinctly his voice. It's not like, okay, you were hit the lights, and I wrote fuck it up in the pit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott writes the music. There's a little tweaking sometimes on us. We can all change it, but and the Jerry fits his lyrics to it. Us revisiting Prowler, there's so much crazy shit, layers, yeah, different vocalists. He doesn't know what he's doing lyrically sometimes, so he's best approximation. I've been listening to it in the jam on headphones, I'm hearing so much nut shit that I never heard for 21 years. <laughs> in that record and there's just so much crazy lyrics. I think sometimes bullshit. too when you put on the headphones even though you might have like a great stereo system when you put the headphones it's on it's like in your face uh so that's why Pink Floyd rolls yes I mean it's close but even the artwork is always a kind of it all has to fit it takes time but doesn't always work out the way you want Van Lynn for example uh, dude from Baroness. Mm-hmm. Let me ask the Google machine. I can't remember his name. He's a great artist. He was late. Scott and I loved it, but it wasn't quite there for us. We had no time. Right. We both had to change our opinion, but also feeling forced into this is it is not what we want. <clears throat> Head cage, we went back and forth with that guy. Uh, I love his art. John Baisley. John Baisley. I'm not crazy about the head cage art. We wanted something different. He wouldn't change it. We talked to. Literally had like three artists on hold, like, draw shit now. <laughs> uh, he gave us that cover. We felt better about it. Uh, I mean, even Prowler and Terrifier me artistic wise are a little on the nose I mean they're great record covers right it, it's hard to kind of sum up your stuff in one visual piece mm-hmm. uh, I mean Prowler's like a amazing piece of art and the guy is a great artist it's a little too like death metal for me Terrifier's like a little too arty it, I love the cover of Terrifier. I right. love all the covers, but it's hard to sum it up. Yeah, I was thinking, because um, I asked the guys from life. Nomos, too, that uh, when it comes to lyrical content, like, do you find the modern day that things should be changed? Like, I, I read an article about cattle decapitation and an abnormality saying that they were kind of disappointed that death metal bands were still singing about you know, cut off limbs and stuff like that. It, it seems like it's a little more PC now with some bands. Does that bother you at all? Or no, um, and we have gotten it a little bit in the past because... Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I guess the violence sort of doing it, but it's not 
cannibal corpse like rape and mutilate. Uh, but no, it doesn't bother me. And I've always looked at it more like just like horror movies on yeah, audio. That's basically. how I. That's how I look at it too. It's just arty. like gore. And ours are more arty than gory. Right. But I think Jared like wrote Machete Twins intensely, so the women are like the main protagonist and the victors. Right. Um, I feel like at some point it all changed where it was very stream of consciousness. Where even like really small bands are just kind of writing these weird arty lyrics, but it doesn't connect. It's hard. I mean, I was listening to Agnostic Front and Warzone the other day. It was like, when I was 16, I felt that shit. Now I think it's the cheesiest shit ever. Like, if we're together as one, like, who are we? <laughs> like, I'm not in your hardcore scene. This does not connect with it. When I was uh, still in Noisome, or when we were still in Necropsy, we put out a tape. And um, Yeah, you got some shit for that. We got some, yeah, we were banned from playing this house to do, like, house shows there because of our lyrics. And a misprint on that tape. Chiard Mamari glands. Huh. Chiard Mamari glands. Yeah. Oh, my God. But it's weird because a lot of people get a pass for that, like, Campbell Horse thing get busted. No hip-hop guys, which is absolutely mostly homophobic and super misogynist. Oh, yeah. It's not even art. Jocking the bitches, smacking the hoes. (laughs) I mean, literally. Like it or don't, uh, like devourment is moving away from that. I'll chop you up and fuck your gut shit. But like vocally, it's just like so the lyrics are secondary, right? Yeah, I think you find that just. But sometimes it's like so extreme. You would expect that people are just like. Well, and you got a lot of these younger bands coming out, and they're so influenced by the early stuff that they want to mimic that in some way. (laughs) <laughs> that's how we were like it's it's we we thought it was kind of ridiculous because like Cannibal Corpse has such crazy fucking their kind of fuck with a knife is like mm-hmm. yeah stripped rape and strangle yeah if you we never got now and you were the size of Cannibal Corpse we we never we never went that far but well like, I know it was like we had a songs about a uh, dude who was going insane and in a mortuary and 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 he became a necrophiliac you know and started having sex with dead people and then the other one. Split from the inside out. Which is the one you got in trouble. Yeah, that was like baseball bat, nails, and. But see, to me. We just wanted to be kind of like a horror movie, basically. That's what I was going to say. As a woman, to me, I don't find offense to that. I think of that as a, a lyrical horror movie. I think of the I, words are yeah. just. Sometimes the shit's just so outrageous it, that I can't take it seriously anyway. It's not. It's underground. It's not. Like hip hip hop dudes, that it's on the radio and they're talking about everything but rape. Right. Can't say that, but so you know Frank Zappa in the uh, you know Tipper Gore FCC days mm-hmm. got censored for lyrics. It's like most songs are about love. So really, like, well, I think D. Snyder summed it up perfectly when he said. Well, this song is not about this, so whatever you read into it is what you were looking for. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're reading into your own mind. Uh, you know, as much as I don't like what happened post that, like Nirvana taking snippets of poetry and just organizing it, is great. You know, being 44 now, I think that's kind of lame, but... Right. You know, 
I love Black Flag or The Misfits. Those songs don't speak to me. Right. Yeah, well, we change as we get older, so it's like... Yeah, like... I mean, I had a Rollins Band record where his lyrics were like, I love you, I hate you! <laughs> Even then, I was like, a 15-year-old kid, like, dude, you're a lyricist for a band? This blows! Write <laughs> something else. I get it, you're angry. Write some angry shit! Right. Same thing, like, you know, I have a project with John and Ben and Sebastian uh, like a punk band that I cannot write political lyrics I can't right I have to write obnoxious punk lyrics I'm working on but I cannot write political lyrics I, I understand can't. it's hard I can't do it I'm not as informed I, I'm super PC super progressive well I, I'm not super PC but like I'm like either I don't but, There's enough bullshit in real life that I just don't want to sit in front of the TV and looking at news all day getting depressed. Really, <laughs> I think anyone with freakish IQ knows sexism and racism and homophobia is wrong. Being preached to, to me, diminishes your intelligence. But some people, you know, there's a whole middle of America that we forget about. Right. So, you know, in fact, there was a the brewery that made the Zelt beer wanted Pig Destroyer to play Charlottesville and that was the anti-KKK rally where the girl got ran over and killed right so I mentioned it to Travis but didn't say it right I said it was the KKK rally and the look on his face I was like no 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 I mean <laughs> the KKK was there and our show would have been against that right he said yeah I was about to say I'm like <laughs> but the KKK forming there was the thing I remember about it. Right. It's something I did not want to hear. Right. And I was like, I mean, it's just like what? you see punk bands talk about ride your bike and be vegan and PC. <laughs> like you're talking to people that are are that. Yeah, there's like common sense, and then there's like yeah, you're not changing one's life because you're preaching the converted. Right. I mean, like country music is. Some of the dumbest lyrics ever. <laughs> they don't even fucking try. I can't remember the last time I actually sat and listened to mainstream music. I just can't do it. But yeah, I saw a picture of a meme today of like a generic Republican dude mm-hmm. that just said, Why don't we try to rage with the machine? I was like, That's <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> Sorry. So we talked about how, like, you know, you don't do these long tours and stuff, but. What so far is like your favorite gig here or abroad? That's tough, man. We've had some wild ones. Uh, we played the first barbecue. We played a barbecue. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. Nice tea at barbecue. Oh really? Oh my god! Really cool guy. His PR guy is our PR guy. And he told me Ice Tea was a big picture fan. It was like see, they should do pig destroyer see, body how, count. I, I, that would be I believe he's a big well, pig destroyer. I was like, "Yo, you're at the band pig destroyer." He was like, "Nope, that's a dope name." And I'm like, "All right, I'll take that." <laughs> <laughs> it's Ice T. I'll take that. I was wearing a full hell shirt. No, we have a picture of me and you together <gasps> from that job. Yeah, I had a full hell shirt on, and uh, he was like, "Full of hell." I like that. No, I like things. that. My mom so like from Body Count was in my favorite thrash band of all time. Uh, Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Yeah. Just did a new record. Oh, they did? 
Yeah, I haven't heard it yet. Wow. I don't know if it's out. Rob, that used to be in Despise You, is the term. Oh, shit. He's in Bitch, remember them? Mm-hmm. Um, it's that Richmond show we played like a gazebo. So it wasn't a real stage. I mean, people were hanging from it. It was shaking. The cops were trying to get him down. It just looks so dangerous. Right. So there's steps to the stage, quote-unquote. And Jared would be like, everybody take a step back. It was like a horde of zombies. I got separated from my equipment. Couldn't get back. I <laughs> nose. Holy crap. Yeah. We played Miami, and it was mayhem. I like the crazy shit. The death fest you guys saw, people thought... Trash cans were flying. I remember that. At some point, the crowd outnumbered us on stage. Yeah. And the staff just didn't know what to do. That type of shit. Like, I mean, I love playing Japan because it's so different, but it's super weird. But I've never been to Japan, so I'm sure it's like a totally... for us in our hotel and stuff. Oh, my God. But they go crazy for like three seconds after you play, and then it's dead silent. Really? Because they want to hear... The music. say, well, we're not one of those bands like... All right, motherfuckers, let's tear this shit up. Right. So it's, and if, you know, I give them the finger, they all do that. Because they all supposed to communicate. Oh. <laughs> less than a month. Yeah. We're taking Travis for the first time. I'm excited. And so, so right now, Travis, like, what's your favorite song to play live? Oh, man. I got a few of them. Uh, Thought Crime Spree, Valley of the Geezers. Uh, That's a great tune. Yeah, uh, Thought Crimes be I like a lot because the uh, the one sample part with the panther in it. Like I, oh, rare. It's a cougar. A cougar. I'm sorry. But like, <laughs> whenever we play live, or when I was like learning it, I always like imagine Jr. like turning like into a cougar, like uh, metamorphosis. Yeah. You know? Going. <laughs> you know. What's and, your favorite show we played with you? Oh, um. That's hard. Um, I had fun in New Jersey. That was a really fun show. Jersey. I, yeah, New Jersey, <laughs> Ashbury Park. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Blake's a little old. He's got to remember yeah. this stuff like me. It takes a while to come like back. Eight, eight shows. <laughs> I forget. Yeah. Uh-oh. I like Town. Yeah. Denver was pretty fun. I think his first show, he was like jumping around. I wasn't. I was, like, I was too nervous. Was I didn't second, want to fuck up. I was like, yeah. I'm yeah. the one that jumps in this band. You look at me like, yeah, just do it. I can see that happening too. Uh, Seattle was wild. Yeah. Ashbury Park, I ran up and jumped off the wall. You did like parkour? that one. Yeah. <laughs> there was a the sound guy there was like a super pro sound guy. <laughs> he was so pissed. And I was telling a story probably about Todd from Nails. It, like as a joke, a stern thing was from the, one of the wrestling sound. Richard Prince calls like, "Yeah, he was a real man of the people. He sucked my cock in the bathroom." <laughs> <laughs> obviously, everyone knows I'm joking. And Todd Jones did not suck my cock. I <laughs> gotta make that clear. On the record, record. anywhere, <laughs> Todd is a, a buddy of mine. And the sound guy just kind of goes, "Shrug your shoulder," like. <laughs> And the dude that booked at Asbury Park show is an old friend of mine, and his jerseys they come, Andy, fake teeth, flat brim hat, like, <laughs> just comes up to Travis, knows we have a new bass player, he's like pouring a drink, he's like, Travis, what are you doing tonight? We're gonna have some drinks. And he's like shoving his face, like, so what's your deal? Like pouring him another, like, Travis is like, I'm like, dude, I don't drink. 
Travis is like, I'm, 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 I'm having a dry year. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta dry out, man. Oh, wow. So, uh, when it comes to the music industry, you know, you guys have been in for a little while now. What is something you would change about? Do you think that, like, with streaming, downloading, do you think that's hurt it or helped the it? The way you get paid from that. Uh, it helps. Last year we had 3.1 million streams on Spotify. And that's amazing. That's huge. Mm. It's probably a lot of me, though, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Young blood uh, taking credit. And since I've been kind of the tail end of actually when people were buying shit to now, uh, I don't know how Apple probably did okay, uh, but it's like a fraction of a penny. Even if it was 10 cents per stream, I would have to go to my day job. Yeah. If you sold 3.1 million records, it's amazing. No, but nobody does that anymore. Nobody does that. Britney Spears doesn't do that anymore. I mean, like... But even if it was 500,000 records, that's a lot of money for mm -hmm. a band. It's just crazy. It seems like the streaming stuff, because it's so accessible, they're not really... I guess giving the artists their their fair royalties the way that you would think. Okay, I'm going to the CD store and I'm going to buy a CD or a record. Or I mean, if you posted a video of us on YouTube and people a million people watch it, you get the money, not us. That's the thing. Yeah, uh, it does help because it exposes people. Yeah, I think there's like a, a balance between the amount of exposure that people bands and artists can get. And sometimes you can cut out the middleman to get there, but then the drawback is like the oversaturation. Like I, every I, every week I listen to twenty to thirty bands. People sometimes. email him so much new things, and it's crazy. There's so you many can't even fucking get bands through the oh, albums. Like, and that's that's also awesome because you're like, great people can do this now. Before you used to have to like go to a professional studio, etc. And the radio industry and the music industry used to be corrupt as shit. Yeah, it's all about their money. The artists still get screwed. The dude from Spotify is like made six billion dollars or something. Okay, Jesus. where's your six billion? Yeah. You had 3.1 million downloads. Can you get like a, a third of that? Fraction of a cent. Yeah. Can you get a third of 3.1 million? Like, I'm not greedy. It's never been my living. But once I saw that, I was like, well, I can actually maybe not work. Or work as hard. And you know, in the 90s, like, people would sell records because they were huge indie rock bands. Mm hmm. Early death metal. But playing shows, they didn't make as much. You always hear the stories of those bands getting fought. Napalm, now it's Napalm the opposite. Death was... Now it's the exact opposite. Because if you actually draw a crowd, that's where you make the money. That's true, and bands are getting paid more live. And but see, because the I, we, we, we've had this discussion a few times, it's kind of like the death of physical media. Everything is well, on demand. Vinyl's coming back because well, it's the way it should be. And that's that's an, we talked about that too. Vinyl has outpaced all other physical media. And you know, like Kiss, Gene Simmons, and Paul, especially in like Lars about the Napster thing, it was kind of like fuck you guys. But who's to say they have enough money? Right. They're still making it and they're still selling it. So, I get, like, in the 90s, it was, you were like, hey, Blake, I got this Danzig record. I'll tape it for you. That's not technically stealing. 
See, that's the thing. I used to, somebody bought it. I discovered Metallica through a copy tape. I'm like, hey, this is great shit. So I went and bought the record. But I think that's the thing that always bothered me about the Napster thing was that, you know, here it was, this band was complaining about it, but I wouldn't have discovered it. Even though I knew who they were, like, right. by word of mouth, most of the shit that I discover is through other yeah, channels. Most of the shit I discovered when I was a teenager was thank you lists and magazines and other bands wearing t-shirts but I'm not everybody I wouldn't no one's just gonna go to a record store and buy like creator and corner and be like cause I, it looks cool I, I'm interested in that a lot of people were just kind of kind of following what was the cool thing on the radio at the time I well, mean think about it but mag- magazines as well because right. they only they only pay attention to specific bands most of the time so every, you have to really dig yeah to find and like you can't go to a record store and browse now and be like, oh, I'll take a risk on this. Right. Oh, that's true. Back in the day, they're like, oh, you can open the CD and have have a preview if you want, and they do don't do the that old anymore. Things where you had to stick your hand in and you couldn't get the t- no, so you couldn't steal it. It's like oh yeah, yeah, the big plastic things. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, three point one million streams is huge for people. Right? That is huge. Period. Like. That is a huge like number. I mean, if it was... <laughs> this this, sounds, it this, sounds, like, this sounds like office space. It was a fraction of a cent. If it was a dollar, split five ways. Somebody moved the really decimal point. point. <laughs> how, like, I'm invest that money in how, how do they make that determination? Did they explain it to you? Yeah, I'm sure they had to. I'm sure there's some sort of contract. Yeah. yeah. We probably get through the label. Like coming in now, I don't know what it is like. And when we signed our digital thing with Relapse, it was different then because it wasn't as big. Mm-hmm. So we might have a talk coming up. And like Zealot is my new band, and we're like super protective of our digital rights, even though we probably won't sell a lot. That's how it's going to be. Yeah, but that's your intellectual property. You know, nowadays right, but that's the important it part. And hosting it, you should get a piece too. It, no, but if yes, that's your intellectual property. If you are promoting it, hosting it, etc., that's all yours. So like Spotify and Pandora, which isn't cool more Apple Music, which is not that big. They're still kind of. If you like Carcass, you'll like Figure Shark. Yeah, and I I find I find that like because I'm still kind of dumb with all that because I'm old. But like when you're on there and you're like, oh, I like Pig Destroyer, and they put other bands on there. That's giving everybody more listens too. Most of the time, those suggestions never. Yeah, they go from Pig Destroyer to Slayer, and they're almost nothing alike. But but think about it: if you small piece, but it's up to you to promote it. Mm -hmm. Right. But they have an algorithm. If you like No Moss. You might like this super other obscure band from Iowa. Right. You're like, fuck yeah, that band rules. You might buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's just weird times with it. Yeah. So shifting gears a little bit, uh, you talked about your first experience playing with the band. Travis. Uh, for both of you, like, uh, do you face any kind of performance anxiety when you play? Or have you got nervous at all still? Maybe still when all you get time. up there? Really? Like, I... Uh, before I play, most of the time my gums go numb, and my mouth feels like it's like 
how my hands go like uh, fall asleep. It's like tingly like that in my mouth, so I have to drink a lot of water or something. Before wow, I go. it gets like that. It gets really itchy, so I like I like push it, push out my gums with my tongue, and like kind of just like <laughs> slap my face a little bit. I get and I get like a little like I'm an anxious person, uh, so my Me stomach too. gets all fucked up. But uh, usually any. Sort of substance helps me mellow out, and I just yeah, it depends on how much of that. We did play, I don't think it was a you, but a sober show. And I'm like, dude, I can't do this. <laughs> was it like at an AA meeting or something? No, I don't remember. It was one of those Portland or Seattle where you're like, you can't have beer on stage. And we're like, showed up late. So, I, so you didn't even pregame or anything? Well, I, I, we couldn't. Uh, I mean, it doesn't happen that much. But yeah, I always have some sort of anxiety about it. But then, like the Prowler set, I'll way more because we've never done it. Those other two sets that we know, first two songs are like a little wound up and then sinks in. Mm. And then I know what's coming. Poster. Uh, Do you feel like your anxiety kind of like revs up your adrenaline and you're like I might I might have it I might have anxiety but I'm gonna roll tonight 100% for me yeah like I go crazier the more anxious I am I do too I kind of just like stop caring I'm like well fuck them JR and Scott don't move around a lot and I do and even for you you do you actually do I remember Dude, like, like he does like this, and this is an audio medium, like, but he's moving his hand around. Like, oh, I always no oh, try to feel like I, I saw you at Soundstage like a few years ago, and uh, I remember seeing you. And it was I kind of made fun about the guy pointing in the audience, and I was like, "There's Blake. He's pointing at me." I'm like, "He knows me. He knows <laughs> me. I know him." <laughs> you know, Scott Jerry move around. Jerry more so. Since Adam and Travis, uh, he's not like a talker. So there's got to be something. And my job is, I don't want to say easy, but it's easier than what they do. Right. So yeah, like. But you have to be the hype man, I mean, and that's what I. I I said that. I said that. What show were we at? And I'm like, he's the hype man because right. you were like it was raising the roof I and stuff. I like, do more shit. I mean, but it manages some of his parts. I have the most haters in me. Blake the Snake. Oh my god. Blake the Snake! I love it. People hate on me on the internet. I'm like, you would notice oh, I wasn't there. You may not care, but you would notice. I mean, we were. With JR, we played this Australia show and we went behind the amps. Like, what the fuck is that, dude? <laughs> like, dude, like, I get it. He doesn't talk a lot. But when he does, it's great because he's always got something really good to say. He's like, turn it down, everybody. <laughs> or were you with us in Belgium? Oh, no. We played Belgium. We have a kind of like a sponsor guy. He works, you met, met? Yeah, yeah. He works for Microsoft. Oh, my God. This is amazing. He Tell me more about sponsor go. guy. Uh, he read an encyclopedia of a talent that was Jared's birthday. It was not. He bought him like two dozen roses. Oh. He sent me and Scott to a brewery. Paid for it and had someone pick us up. Oh, oh my goodness. Like, this guy has money. He sends money to 
This sounds Brent like what you would do. It would be what I would do. He sponsors a band. Just sends him money once a month. Right. Rectal Schmegma. That's cool. Who's Rectal Schmegma? Some shitty Gord Ryan band. <laughs> <laughs> so we're playing Belgium. It was a small show. We got paid. Everyone got paid well, but he's great. He's in the States a lot. They don't sell beef jerky. He bought beef jerky for us as a rider. I was like, the flowers. I was like, you got to give them to JR. Like, come on stage. So like, JR, go. Let me talk to the mic. And JR's like, yo, the guy's like, what did you do? The blank is Europeans do not know how to mosh. Really? Oh, my God. The only Europeans that we know... No how to mosh. Well, that's because they're from the Netherlands. Because they're from Dutch. They're yeah, Dutch. Right, yeah. They're the freaky deaky Dutch. Isn't Dutch? Netherlands. Yeah. Yeah, but it's basically Belgium, too. Yes, yeah, close. close. Yeah, So he was going to have a fest that we curated. I'm working on some crazy shit for that. But I think his fests are tax dodges. So <laughs> I was like, hey, is this thing happening this year? Like, uh... It'll be next year. It'll be in France. Oh shit! He bought us a four hundred dollar bottle of Jack Daniels. God He's damn! Like, well, Microsoft paid for it. Like, we can't tell the difference. Right. And we leave. We flew out like six hours after that. So, what kind of Jack Daniels is four hundred dollars? Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. I mean, he's a really good dude. Wow. He's gonna fly all of our wives and girlfriends out for that. Shut thing. up. Can I get on the list? It could just like, he saw this I have a passport. I'm fully and, vaccinated. And Conrad, he was like, yo, you guys come play for me. And they're looking at me and like, oh, you're no, like no. a chihuahua. That so is amazing. I know that, as you talked about, like, you like other stuff like Ambien, because you had an Ambien project you were working on. I was supposed uh, to do a show in Japan. He mentioned uh, That's Pink Floyd. So I was wondering what kind of other influences you like that aren't metal related. I mean, I have mine offhand. This is going to sound like a joke, but huh? it's not. Uh, huge Carpenter's hand. Me too! Which is the most depressing music ever. Mm-hmm. I like Morrissey and the Smiths. That's depressing. I love The Cure. That's depressing. It's not Carpenter's depressing. Nothing <laughs> is Carpenter's depressing. Uh, Beach Boys, I uh, really like 70 schmaltzy, like what you call saccharin, like really... The Beach Boys the are amazing, though. They are, but it's over-the-top pop. It's like... Good vibrations, baby. I mean, like, think of, think about, like, what Brian Wilson did for Pet Sounds. Oh, like one of the best records ever. Yes. Uh, and the one after that. Uh, Didn't Charles Manson help write Pet Sounds? Probably. No, he wrote a song, and they changed the, the title. It was... Cease to Exist was his song. Never know how the law was what they called it. Uh, I'm super into Prince. Me too. Prince yeah. ten times before Purple Rain. I never got to see him. Once was at the, was the Lyric. Yeah. He did a one-off, just him, a piano, electric, and acoustic. Oh wow! I was like, "What do you want to hear?" And I took my mom because <laughs> nobody could afford it, and I couldn't. And she never repaid me, which is fine now. But then it was like twenty two. It was like tickets were like one hundred fucking fifty dollars. Three hundred dollars is like more than my rent. I gotta pay rent, ma. <laughs> I got the rent, ma. Uh, I like a lot of seventies, like arena rock, like Boston and. Oh, she is in love with that era. Huge eighties pop fan. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Morris Easton is the Pesh Mode, like that era, New Wave. Big Elvis Costello guy. That's all kind of rock, I guess. Uh, Beach Boys and Carpenter, I guess, are the weirdest. I think my weirdest is probably Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, see, I can. Ace of Base, I love. Like, I like soundtracks. And like, I'm a huge 80s pop fan, so. Huge. <laughs> like, soundtracks and like ambient music, but that's just so boring to talk about. It's really not because. That's just something you can just like sit and vegetate, really. What, what happens in your life is you start to associate different music with different times in your life so you start like making little if I tell someone to go check out this Matmos record that's a dance record made by surgery sounds (laughs) you can't put it in your car and jam out to it and get with it you have to invest time Mm -hmm. and it's noise and dance so you either like spend 10 minutes or you get it you're like, yeah, you know. I understand because uh, some sometimes, like when you just pop in something, and, and for me, or if you're going on a ride, going to work, you're like, I want to listen to this. I mean, Matmos has a record. They're a gay couple. They live in Baltimore. Okay, then they're my friends. And the main dude is one of the top three Shakespeare professors in the world. Oh wow! They're in Bjork's backing lab. Really? They had, their washing machine was fucked up. So they cut it up, made a record, and then took it on tour. Oh, wow. In Europe. <laughs> so you like Pink washing. Floyd. Yeah. Now, do you like it because of like the progressive aspects or the psychedelic part of it? Oh. Or both? <laughs> I like it both. Or do you, you like The Wizard of Oz? Spirit. I like Wizards of Oz. Like, I've watched that three, four times, The Dark Side of Oz. Well, I was trying to see if he like digs like Rush and Camel and yeah. all those bands. Oh, yeah. I I like so much music. It's it would take you a while. If if I wanted to tell you all the bands I liked, it would he's so much younger that he gets baffled by some of the shit that we say. We're like, oh no, we're not in the Queen. That's <gasps> <laughs> sacrilege. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I listen to a lot of bands, but I dip my toes in a lot of different genres all the time. Like I I like. Everything just not like modern country and a lot of modern. I can't pop. take country at all. Modern um, country is pop music. It's yeah, music. it's all just pop music. Like anything on the radio these days. I do kind of like See, Taylor like, Swift myself. I so much construction in the eighties and nineties that I hate, like Zeppelin love that and Floyd because it's always on the radio. Right. I love Sid Barrett. Floyd. I love Zeppelin. It yeah. doesn't count what people like when they think Floyd. I like Zeppelin too. That one riff when they start, it's always you're like hell yeah. Eight minutes later, they're playing the same goddamn riff. Well, you're thinking of a kid. Well, this like, this neighbor next door right here, <laughs> he's really into the song Cashmere. He played it nonstop. And he played it for twenty four hours. You're like my age. The radio was different. You would hear. It was still like that with me. Even on TV, remember, MTV was way different back in the day. And I used to stay up late just to watch 180 minutes. So, thank you, 120 minutes so that you could sleep. For her, it was 180. It was 180 because I I don't sleep. I don't sleep. I'm like the fucking ring. I come out of the fucking well. I have like cure videos and depression videos, which are so groundbreaking. And they were very mainstream. Like, you know, because we're the same age. Like, those guys are huge. Mm-hmm. I like how Blake keeps saying, because you know, we're you know, old. We're old. <laughs> but you were a weirdo if you liked those bands. Right. 
Like, The Cure. That's like 80 billion pop songs. Or like, I didn't really like The Cure because of that one I think it was Love Song. Dude, that is one of the best songs ever. Right? But like... That song is dark as shit. But then John, like... Get, he put up the full album from YouTube on it. Now. Disintegration is one. Of it's like amazing. a dark freaking record. The rest of it sounded amazing. Shit. I was like, holy shit. Songs like Burn, I love a lot. But I was going to say, since you like Floyd, there's a couple bands in the modern day. Blackwater, Holy Light, and Black Mountain are fucking amazing. Yeah. I'll check them out then. I'm, I, like, I grew up on like Black Sabbath. Well, the funny thing about how I grew up, everyone in my house listened to something different. Different genres, everything. Like, my oldest sister listened to like uh, like '90s pop, hip hop, and like reggae and stuff. And my other sister listened to punk and like ska and and like we dip her toes just a little bit in in like metal, tiny tiny bit. My dad was an old head, so he liked Sabbath, Rainbow, and like uh, there you purple, go. Zeppelin, Pink Floyd was one of them. My mom like '80s hair metal, Heart, and Boston. So Sorry I got <laughs> I got a taste of all of it. So I came out liking everything and. There was one point where I was like a little thrash metal elitist and I hated everything that wasn't thrash and then okay, so Yeah, yeah, of course. I was like I was I was like I was like 13, 14, right. of course. And then as time went on I was like, you know, there's some dope ass Zeppelin songs, you know, but I don't like anything overplayed. But then as yeah, I got as I got older Run to the Hills or Yeah, I mean I uh, I Alcide was now what Smith again? Like that. Yeah. But was the Iron Man song the only one they play on the radio? The Trooper, or like Or can I play with bandits? Can I play with bandits? Or old hip hop heads like Ghetto Boys and early gangster rap. Kara branches out way more than either of us. Yeah, me and him talked about like Memphis rappers like Tommy Wright the Third and like Ten One and Man and Lil Noid. I'm I didn't know punk counted in this conversation because to me it's everything counts. I'm a huge old punk guy, huge. Huge. Like DI is probably my favorite punk song and punk band. And that's Slayer covered two of their songs in that punk GP. Yeah. And they're still playing. Wow. It's not the same. Yeah. So like. Yeah, I think I, I saw some doc on punk because I it was a, it's a genre I'm not that familiar with. Nor I'm not a big fan oh, I of. Change your life, my man. I I tried to change his life. He said no. But I mean, I found it very interesting because I knew that metal was always rooted like, into that. Well, that's a funny oh, thing wow. too. And then there's like early hardcore and there's New York hardcore. Like I like the Ramones, Sex Pistols, and stuff like that. But like I was checking out like Negative Approach. That's how um, he got me into death metal. <laughs> like with with me, I never knew much. My mom is a '70s woman. She is, you know, Black Sabbath. You know. You're is she single? Yes. No. Uh, she's in her seventies. Yeah, she's 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 sixty three. Okay. That's my age range. She cannot. Uh, hey, she's a cougar. She is a cougar. <laughs> she's got really cute hair. It like flips out hey, and it's red. Mom is thirteen years older than me. I'm thirteen years older. Than Same me. thing. Well, my mom and dad are like really close to his age. I'm eleven so, years older than Yeah. Now. Right. She find that like. I try not to remind them. Like I've been with Lindsay for almost six years. They're like, hey, we just saw Boston. Like, oh, I remember buying that record. Was, oh, yeah, I just kind of <laughs> like, I try not to remind them how old I am because I don't have to. She reminds me for me. It's like, well, okay, my I was born in 1980. He was born in 1970. 
and my parents were born in 1958. So he has sometimes more in in common with my my oh, parents. Oh, yeah. Quincy's parents. Mm-hmm. Except they're super mainstream. Mm. We're flying to Europe for one show. Like, is it worth it? I'm like, yes. You mean money wise? Yeah. But I don't care about that. It's worth it. Like, sometimes you can't always make that happen. But if you have the opportunity and the time and the money, it is worth it for that kind of travel. Uh, I was in Australia. I've never been to Australia. It was horrible. The crowds are great. Is it is it gross and hot and ugh? Oh no, it's it's alright. And the crowds are great. It is just so fucking far between everywhere. I mean, hey, I bet you have a lot of driving. I had a, thir- dude, a thirteen hour flight. Dude, I went to so Taiwan. Thirteen hour flight. And we're not like road dump. <laughs> right. Twelve and thirteen hour drive. Ugh. And when all these are like, we just hear you guys are drunk the entire time. I'm like, what the fuck else am I going to do? How can, how, what do I do? For like 13, even when we flew. Fight kangaroos. We get stage at 2, <laughs> get to the hotel at 3, and have to get up at 6. Uh, it was awful. Yeah. Well, they don't have the type of, like, interstates that we do. Uh, was it Adelaide? Adelaide might be the most remote city on the planet. Huh. In, we played it. It was like, you're playing there on a Monday? <laughs> <laughs> Adelaide! Well, we're going to Russia. We've never done that. We mm. want to do that shit. I would love to go to Russia. I've been there once. <gasps> I haven't been overseas. Well, not there. I've we're been. working on his passport. He hasn't flown or done anything overseas in a very long time. Where are you taking him first? I don't know. I think if we're going to do, because like, I've got a lot of friends over there through the internet, so like, if we end up going out, I want to kind of go through Amsterdam, Netherlands, We have Germany. to go to the Netherlands. We have a lot of Dutch friends. That's so beautiful, and it's cool. I love the Netherlands. Edinburgh? It's amazing. Where's that? Scotland. Okay. Uh, Glasgow? Scotland. Makes Pittsburgh. Or any of those like, Rust Belt towns? Ooh, Glasgow's rough, dude. <laughs> but we'll, we'll go to the Outer Hebrides, which is, I have a friend, which is Scotland, but the little islands. I have a friend. Uh, yeah. yeah, I have a friend who lives in that's the... That's totally different. Just like... I just want to see Florida. Florida is different here. <laughs> and then they have the Florida Keys. Yeah. But, like, I have a friend who I work with. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm from Scotland. I'm like, where? Aberdeen, Glasgow. Yeah, he's like, Glasgow yeah. He's like, he's like, no. I live in the Hebrides, and I'm like, uh. So we played this club at Wild Scotch. So like, can't you ask Scotch? You're like, the doers. I'm like, no. I want some motherfucking Scotch. Like, there's a bar around the corner. Of it, you're making you don't want to go there. I'm like, okay, try me. Give it to me. So I roll in. So like, are you American? I'm like, how'd you tell? <laughs> this was all me, dude. In 20 minutes, the whistle's going to blow, and you don't want to be in here. <gasps> so, the whistle did blow. It, like, filled up like this. So, like, okay, I'm by myself. I'm walking back to the club. Maybe six blocks. Are you, are you okay? Everyone's like, you faggot fucking gang. I was like, come over here and say that to me. And nobody, like, groups of, like, six dudes. Like, you didn't talk shit. Due to my face. And they wouldn't. I was like, yeah, I'd be really... Like, if they really wanted to fight me, I'd be in trouble. Right. 
Blake's like, not having it. He's though. like, uh-uh. Oh, my God. I wouldn't do it now. <laughs> yeah. What were they trying to do, though? Just, like, fuck your day up? They wanted me to respond in different ways. Like, oh, my you. God. He's like, oh, okay, sorry. This is, also, an, this is an audio medium. Pump out your chest. Be like, what, bitch? I grew up closer to D.C., where it was the murder capital of the world. And it was the most murder toy factors. That's a great, like, transition. So, yeah, so we, we love murder here right. in this basement. So, like, the bad part of town to other people isn't the same bad part of town. I've said the same thing. People don't understand that. We're like, th- I travel a lot, and they're like, this is a bad part of town. And I'm like, I'm from Dundalk. Hmm. Well, if you act like, if you're fucking with them and they're cool, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're in the UK and I pee. They're like, "This is a horrible bar town." Like, really, dude? <laughs> There's a van of eight dudes right behind me when I'm peeing. And really, dude? <laughs> yeah. So, has that been your? I don't want to say scariest, but most extreme experience on tour. No. Oh, oh. <laughs> Leaning back, I mean, let nothing, me hear. I mean, out of all my years, like doing other bands and stuff, definitely not. Nothing. I mean, vans broken into. Well, once when I was sleeping in it, and it was so. Asleep. In the van? And I was dead asleep and didn't know. Oh, wow. Holy shit! Uh, I mean, fights and like. I would say riots, but, like pseudo riots? Shit. By just crowds getting out of control. Yeah, and like kind of scary. And hey, you can crash on my floor, and then you're like, what the fuck are you doing in my house? Like, oh god! Jimmy said it was cool. Like, who the fuck is Who's Jimmy? Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Jimmy? Where I got set up. <laughs> there was a story in the UK the same trip. We were in Scotland, and my buddy was like being a total drunk dick, and we crashed with these college girls, and it was like. 12 of us? But this one it's only like 12 of us. Bought a male Scottish witch. What? what witch? Witch. Like, point. She was so hairy. You'd be like, oh, shit, you see all it? And me and Scott were just like, cool, man. But we had no idea what he was saying. So we finally go to sleep. And me and Scott were sleeping in the hallway in front of her door, which is an apartment. And one of the girls says, he's pissing. So I guess he woke up and pissed in her drawer, her clothes drawer. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. So we push him out. And there's a male flat. It's like a frigid fucking cola. It's like, mate, let me get me coat. It's right, coat out. It was like the telltale heart from Pose. Like, one in white. <laughs> <laughs> and like, pretending to be sleeping. Like, go away. <laughs> Makes right code, just let me get me coat real quick. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and that was the chick on that tour that my friend was being addicted to. That was her friend, so I was like, what's up now? So I know you have Zealot as your other project. Uh, do you work on another project, or are you just Pig Destroyer? Uh, I'm in a band in Phoenix called Healing Magic. It's like, um, kind of like heavy metal, but like. It's really psychic. good. Yeah. Let's like, check it out. It's Max's wow. kid, Igor. Not 
Igor Kevlar. Igor Jr. Igor Jr. Oh, wow, really? How did you uh, get hooked up with him? Uh, well, he was a uh, he was big into um, Noisem, and uh, we we were touring with Black Dahlia, and I ended up hitting a deer, and we missed out on a tour. And then next time we came around, we were at Carcass. Um, I remember this deer story. You should tell that more. You were like, yeah. we ended up hitting a deer. He's like, I hit a deer. Excuse when did this me? happen? Uh, so. It was the fall of 2013. It was our first big tour. Oh, so that's a lot of... Skeleton Witch Fallujah. was almost 21. Yeah. No, that's not true. Uh, Yago was 21. But barely. Barely, yeah. Um, yeah, I was the only one that could really drive, or I felt the most comfortable if I was the only one driving. <laughs> Did you have a driver's license? I, I actually, the f- first... Two or three tours I drove in my provisionals. Oh my uh, god! What? I'd probably do something dumb like that too. Yeah, then. but I. I mean, if you don't get caught, right? I mean, we. It was. It was. Uh, it was that is insane. It was. It was like the October into November. We went through Canada, so we went through mountains of like snow and shit. Who you had to shoot? Oh my god, that's kind of scary. Headlights went out on a on a mountain one time, and uh, we had to stop at a. Like, we almost got sideswiped by tractor trailer trucks. Yeah. We ended up just seeing pitch black because the sun was going down and we had a blizzard. Holy so shit. So we had to stop at some resort in the middle of somewhere in the mountains in, Can- in Canada. Wow. Travis has yet to drive for Big Story. Nope. Because we're trying to hire somebody. I know he will, and Jerry likes to, and I like to. But we usually try to pay someone. I, I drove you guys back to the hotel in Montreal when you all were drunk. That doesn't count. He's <laughs> <laughs> well, like a block. He's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm your DD. Well, everyone in the band should feel like they have the I don't mind opportunity driving. to stretch their wing. Yeah. Like, we make enough money where we can afford that. It's a luxury. Right. So, that's cool. We hire somebody. I if if you can afford it, do it. Half the time, like Jared Charles did, I'm not drinking today. I'm like, okay, that's all I wrote. Like, can I call you what? Like, because they said, but it's your job. But we're not on the road for a month. Right. Like three days off. Have we done three days together? No, it's two. Japan will be four or five, and then Chicago. So, what are your Japan dates again? March 14th through the 17th. I did have a solo show booked with a dude I did a collab with. Uh, Horrible. I didn't want to do it. (laughs) He had a collab. My girlfriend talked me into it. She's like, people will like it. And when will they ever see that? I dressed in like a Cthulhu mask. All right. Shut up. Called Tentacles of God. Oh yeah, this is the stuff that I was playing. So, the uh, he couldn't get the date together. It was super relieved. <laughs> I don't know how to get to where I'm going. Dragging my gear. It's a day off for us. I'd rather just hang out. Me too. Yeah, I would have done it. And Lindsay talked me yeah. into it. Tokyo is so expensive. I want to go to Tokyo because I want to go to the place where they have all the fashions. I just want to go to the Godzilla thing. You can say. <laughs> in a block in Tokyo for two weeks and not see anything. Really? It makes Times Square look like a joke. Well, I know that. It's, like, really crowded. Well, there's that 
thing that's intersection where like a million people cross it. Yeah, it, it, it's not as bad as you think. Oh, really? But there's like a restaurant that holds four people. Next to that is something else. All the way up. You're like, I mean, record shopping is amazing there. Oh, yeah. But finding the shit? <laughs> you're like, okay, we're here. How to get to it? Wow. I seem crazy. Because... Like the punk people come here to shop for record. Right. I've never seen every Swan LP in one place in America. Or Unsane. They're not super hard records, fine, not super expensive, but never in one place. Right. It's insane. They had a stack like this. So I realized I couldn't take it all of them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that'd be a problem. It, I mean. Shit would get either lost or damaged or stolen, one of the Russia might be different, you Ben. I haven't. Tokyo is the furthest, the most exotic place I've been to. And not like cultural, it's just so different. Nobody will look at you, but they won't bump into you. There's no street signs, there's no trash, there's no trash can. Hmm. It's insane. Wow. They don't touch money, they just hand you a tray with your money. Huh. So the first time, I'm just some dumb American, I'm like, yeah, right. It's crazy. That's wild. So it's at like this a, point, are you guys working on a new Pig Destroyer record? Um, We have... We just put out the uh, 30 counts of battery on vinyl. Which is our demo and some splits. Never been on vinyl. We're reissuing our demo tape on cassette. Ooh. Original format. Uh, two Adult Swim songs in the decibel track with some noise on the back, which is Travis's first release. And <laughs> there's a band from Canada called Mets, which kind of sounds like Unsane. Baseball sure. fans? What's that? Baseball fans? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of Jesus is Unsane. Uh, That'll be our next thing. We have very skeleton versions of those songs. But we'll see. Uh, a split with the spies, you maybe. Uh, but we take our time, so it might just be time for a record. Right. But the new EP, the demo, and 38 Counts is. Coming up soon. 38 Counts is out. All right. I'm going to check that out. See if I can find this shit. There's so much shit that's like that era. It's old splits, so I have no idea what's on it. So, in your opinion, that's with, I guess, what's going on right now, we're seeing a lot of bands, they're putting out their albums again on vinyl and cassettes. How do you feel about that? I mean... As a vinyl dork. I'm yeah, I, okay, I'm the same way, so. Cassettes is, for younger people, I love them, but I also hate them. They're so cheap to produce, and people will buy them. Just like used records just to be $3. So you're like, fuck this, I'll buy it. I like the cover of it, three right. bucks. You found bands. It's cool. I hate CDs, I always have. 
Let's still buy CDs. JR too. The art isn't the way it's meant to be. I I agree. Vinyl is the way the art like was envisioned. But I'm also like a total dork about that shit. So my opinion doesn't always matter. Physical versus digital, I think you should own it. Everything's a package. Mm. Except for like compilations when you don't own the right. And the label's like, ah, we're just putting this out. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> like that band Death Angel, their label put out a live record that they didn't agree with. Oh, really? Wow. Really? Before they broke up and got back together. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, go fuck yourself. I don't. Who wants that? So you have to be happy with it. Like Eric used to reissue Carcass Records, and those dudes still are pissed about it. Yeah. They no say about artwork or. Barney, Barney and company were so pissed at Earache for a long time over shit. Uh, Barney from Napalm Death. Oh, they still are. Yeah, they they really rubbed them the wrong way with a lot of that shit. So I'm not surprised that Carcass ran into the same issue. Oh, I'm to Tom about. I could talk so much shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got in trouble about talking shit about Talk uh, obscure shit? So Carcass is not on Spotify because they took it down so he doesn't have to pay Carcass. Oh, wow. But he makes money, and they do. But why? It still helps him. We did a split with ISIS, and we used the earache logo on Relapse. So Relapse is power. It said Relapse. Digby, you ever hear this one? Yeah, I heard it. Digby tried to sue, threatened to sue Pigsford. Or we could give him a record that he owns. Hmm. How does that work? This is how that works. Well, <laughs> besides the middle finger, like... Also, Relapse produced it. That's not our problem. Right. So we asked Relapse, what do you think? They were like, fuck it, who cares? Ain't gonna happen. That's what we did. Were they trying to claim some intellectual property from you? Or was it trying like... Trying to muscle it out of you. And Eric wanted to sign picture before relapse, but my buddy Gordon, who after that worked at the label and doesn't anymore, was like, "Don't do it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, we have a friend who says no. On Eric? Yeah. Who's that? The uh, did you say Gordon works for uh, Eric? No. Oh, sorry, I misunderstood then. There's a buddy of mine in Baltimore. But okay, okay, okay. He's in Baltimore recently, okay. and that's on here, right? Yeah. Like, don't do it. It's just... I was wondering if it was the same person. Word of mouth. Yeah, because Eric just has a very bad reputation with bands. And I mean, Victory, too. Yeah, I didn't know about Victory. Oh, issue. dude. What about Roadrunner? Because I know they were around back in the day for a long time. Yeah. People get ripped off. I... Disclaimer, no personal experience with any of this. So, it's all hearsay. Right. I mean, I know people ask me about relapse. I'm like, we have a great experience. It doesn't mean it's going to work for you. It has to be symbiotic. As a label, if you guys start a label, you have to be into the band and push it the right way. And also have to deal with them. And they have to deal with you. It can't just be arguing. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't work for anybody. 
Well, I have one question left for you guys, uh, and it's really more of a personal thing. Um, as musicians, now obviously it's going to be a little bit different because of the age gap, but age gap. where do you guys see yourself 10 years from now in the music industry? Let's start with the young guy. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> go to the young one. Let's go to the youngin who's who's our child. <laughs> I would like to say, getting him in the band is he's perfect for us. It's great. It, it's been amazing. We had issues with other band members and we have zero with him, and he's great. He gets us. We get him. But it's not us. Him. He's part of this band. How did? What made him different? Like I said, we met for a beer. I was telling him the problems we were having with our bass player at the time. He's like, yeah, you don't care about that. You just want to drash out with your friends and make me some drink. Yeah. He felt, there was other things like that. And he felt, he felt like he was already part of the band. He felt like a friend. He felt like... He was definitely a friend. Did you feel like you were part of the band before you joined? <laughs> nah, I just, I, no, I don't mean I, that. I don't mean that in like a disrespectful way. But no. you know what I mean. Like you, you felt close. I think it comes down to like just... It, it's a mentality and chemistry thing. Like, yeah, just like our relationship. Yeah, it's like being married. Right. Different people. Four? Despite, despite his youth, he gets I'm the it. Fifth. <laughs> yeah, people blow up. There's little tiffs and shit like that, but you really have to get along. Or there's a business person that you work for them. Well, that's not how we work. Is that like our your pimp? I mean, like. Do you think Phil from Pantera would suffer anyone? His bands are people that work for him. Right. It's true. Yeah. He's got clout. And that's fine. We don't want that. Right. One of the things we don't like about Johnny is he wasn't one of us. Travis says. Travis is. He about likes the vibe. UFO. I've never heard him. I like Hanoi Rocks. He, he just did fucking that. jazz hands. He did. He just did jazz hands. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so, question. Question to Travis. Uh, Ten years from now. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I don't really know. Um, I never know where I'll be in a year, but I try <laughs> to take opportunities as they arise. That's kind of like me. Live by day by day. Yeah, like, I hope I can do this for a while. Sometimes you miss out on things. Sometimes you catch some luck, but I don't know. Hopefully I'm still doing it. I, I, mean, do, I mean, I suppose... Is making music something you feel like you want to do? Like for sure, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah, all kinds. Like I'll always as a career. I, w- I would like to be home six months and tour six months and live comfortably. Six months on the road? Well, not Dude, I do six months on the road I, every year. Not consecutively. Yeah, see, you and I don't like that, but some of these younger bloods, Maybe man. A few times. I mean, I'm, I I toured a lot. Um, he has. He started touring when he was like 19. He, he, was, he was a zygote. Yeah. <laughs> but he was, he not, was an embryo. He was not the youngest in that band. No, Harley. Our, at, when I was in Noisem, the drummer... Harley, he was about like 13 or 14. Oh my wow. goodness. Yeah. Their parents, Sab and Harley's parents still live here. They're my age. They live across the street from me. It was like, dude, you started my kid's career. I'm like, sorry about that. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> I mean, they love it. But right. But 
As a lover of music and a lover of playing music, you hope in your future you are doing something that involves music. Yeah, for sure, yeah. I, I metal, rock, funk, anything really. That, yeah, the only thing I could think of is like, I don't have any musical talent like you gentlemen, but like, I grew up loving rock and roll from the 70s, 80s, hair rock, and it just progressed into heavier stuff. So it's, it's in my blood regardless. If anything, as I've gotten older, it's gotten softer. Really? Say, yeah, like when I was younger, I liked a lot more. Like, how to faster. I'm the exact opposite. Well, then again, maybe you just find like a balance. Like for me, the, yeah. I started softer it's, and made my way up. It's so. just cool. It's yeah. kind of just got, for me, it's kind of just been like, if it's good to my ears, I like it. You know, like I... I Earlier, I wanted to say that I used to hate Pink Floyd as like a kid, and then I started liking it more, and then I started listening to more The Wall and Dark Side, and then I met this like real sweet chick that I'm talking to. Um, slid into the DMs. She called you a poser. Wow. I kind of a poser because I didn't know any of the early Pink Floyd, Sid Barrett, like psychedelic stuff. Now I love it. Not for that poser. Well, I know I only knew like The Wall and like. Dark Side, and that's like everyone. Knows well, Dark, Dark Side. Side is the most important one. Uh, so what about you, sir? I read the gates of dawn. Yeah, I would. I would agree. Uh, well, I'm exact opposite. I want to go more intense, but I always think it's because I'm old and I'm compensating. Well, I go through phases too. Me too. I will be like, I want to start a band like the Circle Jerks. I want to start a band like the Beach Boys. Next week will be a different thing. See, that's how I'd be. If I, you know, if I always envision myself as a musician. I'm super scattered. Yeah, I, I have ADD as it is, so, like, me, I'd be doing different shit all the time. I mean, in 10 years, I still have big shows around. We might be. Oh, they will be around. They've been around since. Think about it. Maybe not in the same format as, like, playing and writing. They're going to get rid of me. No. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you walk out the door, they drag you back in. Uh,. You know, I, you know, at 55, I think I'd be happy playing music that I like in someone's basement, as long as I'm doing it. Yeah. I mean, I write so much solo shit that I have no intention for ever to come out, but do it for me. Literally for me, and never, people might want to put it out, and sometimes they do, but I don't care about promoting that. Hmm. It just makes me feel calm if I could paint maybe I'd paint or take pictures do you sometimes go into the studio and you're like I'm breaking down some shit no I don't have a studio at my house (laughs) I have like a little set up but But I work on my laptop and we'll tell him he's like Lindsay wants to talk to me (laughs) (laughs) I make a lot of dumb music about spaghetti like well Nice. You sound like one of our other friends. Uh, not a lot of people know about it. Like very, very few people know about it. But like I, I would for for like six months every day I'd make like two or three songs, and I had like sixty or seventy songs just on. It was just ridiculous. I need to hear all sixty or seventy like, of your songs. Products. I wouldn't say it on anything. Yeah. I'll tell you about them. Okay. Cool. They're so stupid. Yeah, mine are like mine are like <laughs> mostly about spaghetti and like. I was in this power vines band from Baltimore called Daybreak. <laughs> so I was Dave Blake. <laughs> we played with a band called Day Not a lot. 
and there's a dude, he's a famous DJ now, Dave Nile. So we were going to do a split. I was going to write the music and learn it all backwards. Wow. Just be annoying. For no reason. <laughs> but see, that's the funny part. I have a friend, he, he's a you know, he's a solo musician, but he does a lot like you. He makes up some of these goofy songs and Yeah, he had, it's fun. He had one record, I think he called it Porn Stash. It was hilarious. Yeah, that's but, great. Uh, all right guys, well I appreciate taking the time. You're welcome to hang around, have some food, more drinks if you want. Wait, wait. Jerry Springer. What? My Amazon Jerry Springer. My Amazon? Final final Just thoughts. Final thought. Your aunt was? Yeah. That's another story. Yeah. Holy shit! We'll talk about that later. Okay, final... I, I just wanted final thoughts, actually. Okay. Refreshing to not talk about Zot and Hate Beak in an interview. <gasps> hate Beak shit balls, motherfucker. <laughs> Anything else besides... What's your final thought? I, I wanted their final thoughts. That's... Oh, yeah. I mean, if you guys want to... That's why I said Jerry Springer final thoughts. Show's coming up. I know Zealot's playing or something somewhere. Zealot's playing the after party for Gusbo now in BFS. Uh, I don't feel like plugging right now. I don't really have much else going on. Well, guys, thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. It was a lot of fun. Hope you enjoyed yourselves. And like I said, you can hang around. We'll just chat a little bit. If you and want. we have more chicken. Yes. Oh yeah, I demolished. Uh, and we have more. <laughs> and we have prime rib too. If anybody wants a prime well, rib. What you did wrap it up with? Really. Travis is a big player. Oh, Travis. Oh, you guys are great. Appreciate. It. I do have one request, but after we're done, so peace out. Alright, so that's the uh, interview with Mr. Blake Harrison and Travis Stone of Pig Destroyer. Two of my favorite people. We had a really good time. I I just love that it was like four of us sitting and having a good time and chit-chatting and like, I feel like they both have lived like ten lives and I'm like, you know, sitting on the couch, boring. Maybe, but you're not though because you're actually traveling yeah, so yeah, you're doing I a know. lot of cool shit but I love, even I haven't done all that I love I love hearing their stories the 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 whole fight in Scotland thing <laughs> so I I'm, I really appreciate them coming over um, it was nice I really enjoyed it yeah a lot of fun um, and with Mikhail releasing a new record soon I've been talking with the uh, singer uh, Mikhail hopefully uh can get him in here for an interview, but we'll see, you know. I don't know what my travel schedule is yet, so I hope we can get them in before I leave. If not, then you're going to have to do it solo like you did with Nomas. Or do it when you get back, one or two, but we'll figure it out. But uh, a lot of fun, and I'm sure you enjoy it, so <clears throat> we'll see what we can do. Right now, you're still here, so maybe we can get him in next time or whatever, but a lot of good stuff. All right. So, we got a couple more blocks of music for you, obviously. Um, this next track to kick off the next block is a track sent by Quabar PR. It's a band called Kavan, yeah, Kavan, the Funeral Pyre. <laughs>
Here's Patrick from the Canadian Press Metal that reanimators, and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. I have a Come 
All right. DJ Nubis and DJ Neko. Back with you, Meltdown Radio Podcast, with a new episode of Hordes of Chaos. Thank you so much for tuning in today and sticking with us to hear our super awesome interview again with Blake Harrison. Harrison. <laughs> Travis, <laughs> Travis Stone of Pig Destroyer. Uh, much appreciated, those guys. It was a lot of fun. And uh, again, we really appreciate them taking the time out for us. We're just but a small little network here. Just. With a big heart. Big heart. We have big, a big metal heart. We, metal fucking heart. We have a metal heart and a love and appreciation for music. And for all those bands and labels and sites that need promotion, be sure to check out Sky Nielsen Promotions. Uh, she promotes the uh, Metal Town Radio podcast and does a very good job at it. So be sure to look her up if you need some of your promotional needs. Well, she has a nice following and a lot of connections. Yeah, she'll she'll get she'll help you get some people to your to your place, and that's what we like, you know. We're, we just do this for fun and for the appreciation of the music, and we love going to shows, so when we get to interact with some band members like we've been able to, it's really nice. So, you know, show her some love if you have a page. It doesn't have to be band-related. It could be, you know, an artist's page. True. All right, I'll got one uh, track left for you. It's that band I was talking about earlier in the show, Stone Guy. It was like almost a 10. Is this the one that you said was almost a... Almost a 10, yeah. Um, like I said, I think because I've kind of heard similar music, I didn't quite make it there. But it's a solid, solid record, and I really liked it, so... You might... This has been a solid fucking show. Like, the music has been great. The interview was great. Like it's, been every... all, it's been balls in. Balls in. <laughs> balls out. <laughs> Just a tip? Just... <laughs> Stone God. See y'all later. Bye. Ciao, ciao.